just became a raven. Your art matters. It's what got me here. Hello and welcome to The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast. I'm Simon and I love One Tree Hill. I'm Dom and I've seen 32 episodes of One Tree Hill. I'm Alessia and I've seen every episode of One Tree Hill a ridiculous number of times. And and tonight's episode for debate is season 2, episode 10. Don't take me for granted. Keeping up the appearances. My half brother. My half brother. <laughs> Keeping up with the Joneses. Danny Glover. I'm fooling myself. How you doing, Boozy? I'm fooling myself. I thought I smelled something. Oh, that's skank. And I think it's coming from you. She always backs down. Karen, grow a pet. Tell Lucas he's a little shit. And stick with it. Now you're talking about you, Pooh. I need a doctor. I don't know. He'd be off somewhere battling, wearing a dress. When do you plan to start living? You know, like the person you've become, then do something about it. Because no one's going to do it for you. So, my friends, welcome to the High Flyers Club. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. This is for my mom. Ravens are free. Yeah. One, two, three. So hello and welcome to the Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast, where it is always 10.30 at night, so it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move on upstairs and settle in, as tonight's episode for debate is Season 2, Episode 10. Don't take me for granted, Dom. We're here, but we are not alone, my friend, because we are joined by legend patron herself alicia alicia welcome back to the podcast thanks guys very happy to be back and we are happy to have you back dom how are you my friend i'm very well yeah it's great to see uh, uh alicia's back and great to see you as well simon thank you my friend my face feels very swollen my eyes are itching it's allergy season it's got nice oh, weather hay fever time yeah you don't you don't <laughs> suffer from hay fever do you dom uh again if i do it's incredibly mild alicia do you get hay fever no i don't think so if i do it yeah wouldn't know just me just me but that's fine (laughs) i'll take the brunt of it for everyone uh we have lots to get through tonight we've got uh messages from uh from our family our patron family our instagram family got some serious topics to get into uh stuff to read questions all kinds of things all lots of good things uh so firstly we watched this episode live this is a weekly thing we're doing now we're watching this with the patreon family we didn't we haven't seen you that yet in there though alicia no um i actually did want to join last week and (laughs) mishap on my part credit change credit cards and lost my membership for for a moment briefly. Oh no! <laughs> You're out. <laughs> so, I was fine. I was like, "Oh, let me log on." I was like, "What? Well, don't know how to get under this." Um, but I got it back on. Um, 
but yeah no i'll be joining hopefully if work lets me yeah for sure well um well if anything like that happens again just message me i'll send you the link don't worry about that stuff um but if uh for anyone that hasn't joined yet or you doesn't know about it (laughs) why is that funny dom i I think you say if anything like that happens again just send me your bank details it's fine (laughs) and the the, the little three digits on the back of the card that's that'd be really helpful yeah (laughs) and the first part of your postcode do not forget that And what's your, what's your first pet's name and the name of the street you grew up on, just in case? <laughs> yeah, mother's maiden name, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's why you're here. This would be the here. longest con in the world, wouldn't it? <laughs> We've just done 32 episodes of this, just a con. Alicia out of some cash. It's been specifically set up for Alicia as well, the entire <laughs> time. Everything else has been incidental. We've been targeting you for years, years. We are actually the person that we were the first person to actually show you One Tree Hill. Like, we like we paid like a family member to put it on in the house at a certain time. We were like in 10 years time. She'll love it. We'll be there. Did this go over the line into <laughs> creepy? Did this become this joke go too creepy? Too far. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure Alicia said she was like 13 or 12 or maybe 11. We were 11 when you first watched. Yeah, actually, now thinking back to how old I was, definitely creepy. Mm-hmm. It felt Sounds like creepy. we went over the line to creepy, yeah, quite a bit. <laughs> But at least we noticed, at least we knew, you know. We pulled it back in time. Well, ish. Enough. <laughs> enough. <laughs> you know, we're not <sighs> creepy, we're fine. No, you guys are calm. Not like Mouth, but you guys are calm. Mouth is creepy. Oh, no. Here we go. There's some creepy moments in this episode. I have to... We'll have to give it up. I can't can't say too much. Oh, Dom doesn't know. But Elise, have you seen the poster that I got? I posted it on Instagram. No. It's like this. There's like a massive, massive poster. Dom, I'll tell you this. Mouth is in the poster, and it's massive. It's like it's like it takes up half the wall on like the side of the wall that it's on, and it's here looking at me. So I can't ever say anything too negative about Mouth because he's staring at me. Because <laughs> he'll come for you <laughs> out of the poster. He'll grab you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he'll smash your car window. And then pay Lucas for it to fix it. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, Elisa, we've already, we already, this is your, our biggest re-offender, Travis, of our podcast. Because this is the third time that you have been on. Oh, you and Emily, you both hold the record. Emily's been on three times as well, like including bonus episodes. Which is awesome. You're going to fight her for it. Is that what you just said? No, I'm saying I'll just I'll exceed her soon. Like, not, let's not get physical. It, it <laughs> sounded like it was about to get physical. I think you need to calm it down. Okay, pulling out weapons on the Zoom screen is too much. And I'm just gonna like <laughs> take completely take her out, and you'll never see her again. And then you'll be like, "What's up?" And like, she's the one who stole my credit card details. <laughs> it's all been Emily's in on it too. Emily, we Sad. knew, we knew. <laughs> Emily, Emily's in federal prison. <laughs> She's been set up. <laughs> well, um, 
I so we've already asked you like you know favorite characters. We know you're a big Peyton fan and seasons and everything. So I'm going to ask you a different question. I've asked uh, I've asked this before, but Dom, you can come up with another answer and remind us of your previous answer. But can you give us Alicia your top five TV shows of all time? Top five and your favorite what a, a, a film that everybody thinks is terrible a bad film that you love oh um so tv shows wonder hill would go in there friends would go in there fresh prince would go in there smallville would go in there and for the the fifth I want. I want to say Dexter because it's a classic. I mean, it's coming back because they've got to fix what they broke with that end. Um, yes. But yeah, love Dexter. My wife and I just uh, did a rewatch of Dexter. It was like the final parts of her pregnancy, and like we we were getting to right to the point, like when she was having contractions, we were like watching Dexter, and we got to the final season, and we just shut it off. And she won't watch any further with me. She won't do it. Um, so I completely agree with what you mean. Um, but we're looking forward to it coming back. Dom, you, you're a fan of Dexter as well, right? I am, randomly. One of the episodes from the Ice Truck Killer series. I think it, that's the first series, isn't it? Yeah. I think it was like episode two was on TV in the middle of the day as well. Like, who cares about watersheds? It was like bang in the middle of the day. It was like one o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm thinking, wow, actually, I missed this show. But everything builds up to quite possibly the worst endings of a TV series of all time. Yeah. It was very upsetting. Very upsetting how bad it was at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. There are great series like prior to that. And there are some odd similarities to the real life stuff in Dexter to One Tree Hill because Dexter and Deb in real life got married and divorced and then continued with the show, which is the same with Chad and Sophia. Yes, that is very true. I hadn't thought about that. Always thinking. Always thinking. (laughs) He's always thinking. Thinking. When it comes to Chad, I'm always thinking. <laughs> uh, and what's your bad movie? Um, that's tough. Um, the first one that came to mind was Hitch, but I also don't feel like that's bad. Like it's not going to win awards, but it's not a bad film. So I then no. I want to say something like I actually watched recently. John Tucker Must Die with <laughs> Sophia Bush. Yes, yes, with Sophia Bush, which is. Love to be a bush, not a great film, but I'm here for it. I'm here for it. <laughs> that's nice. And just to say on Smallville as well, I know that Lex from Rivercourt, that's one of her favourite shows of all time. So, uh, And that's the only one of those shows that you mentioned that I hadn't seen. So um, would you big... recommend it? Yeah, I love it. it. It was like probably that and One True Hill were the first two shows I completely geeked out over. Um I love all things comics. I think it's just it's just a solid show. And it's surprisingly good for that time as well. And you're particularly looking at some of the kind of actions and CGI. Obviously, some of it's dodgy, but it's it's strong. And it's 10 seasons long, so it is an investment. So. Are they 24 like episode, yeah. like 40-minute episodes, 24 in a season? Yeah. 
Wow, okay. 10 years. Dom will get that done in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Easy. Well, Dom, we've, uh, let me see if I can remember your top five. I think you said Band of Brothers, uh, Friends, Star Trek, Next Generation, Oh, two, One Tree Hill. You put One Tree Hill in there, so there's only one that I'm forgetting. Uh, I, I, you're going to have to... Oh, is it British? Is it something British and like old? I don't even remember. Okay, give us a fifth. Did those other four sound okay? They were spot on, yeah. I can't remember the last one. Should we say Porridge? I'll go with Porridge. I think that might Classic. have been... Yeah. British TV show. We'll go with Porridge. <laughs> and what about your... Bad, everyone thinks it's a bad film, but you love. I said Billy Madison, mm. um, only because it's a film that I could like happily rewatch because it's just stupid, and it's someone that's stupid trying to be less stupid. Um, on my on my I hate Scooby Doo kind of rant at the time because he's just so dumb. Um, but I don't actually know. There's a there's a lot of films I like. A lot of films I like. A lot of films that aren't particularly great as well. But I can't pinpoint one in my head i'm not sure what what's yours uh i've so I many films so many yeah so many your 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 tv shows so obviously one tree hill lost you said not friends you wouldn't take friends i love friends but i wouldn't take it no was dexter one of them no mine are quite straightforward for me they're Lost. One tree, one tree Hill and Lost. One Tree it. Hill, <laughs> Lost, Prison Break. Oh, of course. Cobra Kai. Star Trek The Next Generation. And the US Office. <laughs> the US Office. Oh, that I threw that in as well, didn't I? That's what was instead of Porridge. There you go. Solid. I'm, I might take that over Porridge. It's solid. More timeless. Well, I don't know. I don't know Porridge. I don't know Porridge. You should watch it. It's great. My mood, I'm looking around. Um, <laughs> oh, I know a good one. The second Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, uh, the like <laughs> 1992 or something, because and it had Vanilla Ice in it. The Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go, Go Ninja, Go. Everyone, come on, Go Ninja. We all remember. <laughs> I think that was universally hated, but I loved it. I even loved the third one when they went time traveling. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, okay. Well, let's dive into this episode. So my point was with the Patreon, people watching, come and watch with us Wednesdays, 11 p.m. UK time. Please Google it to translate to your own time zone because we worry about getting mixing the times up. But 11 p.m. UK time, Patreon, the Zoom link would be the same every week. Get involved. It's really fun. Dom's reactions to this episode specifically were awesome people were like going crazy in the chat and uh you there was many times you had your like hands over your face in your hair like how did you how was that for you dom with such like a pinnacle episode having all these people watching and it was a very like reaction heavy episode there there were there were two predictions that came to light so predictions that i'd made on previous episodes so that was exciting uh, and there's, a, I think there was a couple of people that may have pointed that out uh, during it or that, that you'd mentioned to me. Obviously, because I'm not allowed to look at the chat. I am banned from all chat. Um, 
and then some of the things that happened that I thought um, were impossible happened. So there were things that just absolutely devastated me. Complete roller coaster of, of emotions. And the next episode, when I get to watch it, uh, well, tomorrow night, will determine whether I continue to watch this show or not. <laughs> because it's just it's too heartbreaking. I can't handle that shit right now. So, <laughs> that's too much going on in my life. I can't be doing, dealing with that as well. Are you saying potentially that this could be the end of the podcast? If she gets on that fucking bus, I am not watching this show anymore. <laughs> well, Alicia, you chose this episode specifically, you know, to to come on and, and join us for. So, um, why did you why did you choose this episode? Um, I chose it. Because it's it was the mid-season finale for season two. So I knew there was going to be a lot kicking off. And then also I thought, particularly with the High Flyers kind of section, I thought that was a, that was a really important kind of display of allyship um, that I thought would be interesting to discuss and get into um, regarding the whole dyke situation. Um, but mainly... And also, I'm not gonna lie, the Navy thing. I just wanted to see what Dom's face would be, and how it, and what he thinks is gonna happen. I wish I could have recorded it. Like we, I obviously would never record those zooms because it's, uh, you know, there's people on, and it's it's like a private thing, really. And and I think it's also it's it's a live event so to speak it's a thing about joining live and enjoying it not to like look back on but if there's ever a way maybe that i'm able to just like record his part of the screen because it was so it was so good like you you were so great dom to watch in that like i wasn't watching (laughs) them i was watching you because it was brilliant what what's quite weird about it is that i think although everyone else is watching the episode with us is that I think a lot of them are watching me as well because everyone's experienced in the program. They know what's going to happen. So as much as they like seeing it again, they want to see what the newbie's going to think about it. And that's that's quite scary in a way as well. It's quite... Um, I don't know how to describe it. Everyone... I feel like I'm under a little bit of pressure to perform. <laughs> it's like everyone's living vicariously through you and trying to relive that first moment. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> it it's also just jealous <laughs> it's it's uh it's also like brings the podcast to life as in but you know this started with just you and me dom in a room uh just talking and putting it out there and then are people listening maybe the 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 host the podcasting host server that we put it on says that people are listening but it's just numbers you know but when we're doing like the zoom it's like well there here are the people and it's like here is this community of people that we are interacting with and it makes it so much better for us as well to be able to 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 talk it's like it makes it makes what is generally a one-way medium two-way and that's awesome because this is what we're doing it for to have to talk to people about one tree hill so it's really fun uh it's great to be meeting everyone um i'm just gonna elephant in the room i'm drinking from a uh from a rose a rose gold gauntlet right now would you call this a gauntlet <laughs> sure it was it's a wine glass but <laughs> well it, it's, it's like it's it's made of copper i think because it was a um one of the wedding that's me 
flicking the copper. Uh, one of the wedding anniversaries is copper. I think is it. What year is it? I can't remember. Recent, maybe ten. Ten? No, it can't be ten for wedding because we've only been married seven. Maybe it was seven. I don't know. So we got given these, Fine. and uh, but I feel like it kind of looks kind of pimp. It's like something Little John would drink out of if it was diamond encrusted. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what he would say, Dom? What would he say? Yeah. <laughs> what's What's in it? Wine. Oh, nice. Okay, fine. Yeah. So, all right, Boozy, he's back. <laughs> it was my wife's oh. first bit of wine tonight. Uh, the baby's in bed. <laughs> oh, man. Game changer. Um, we bought a, uh, a nanny getting your baby drunk. Thing. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Just puts him to sleep. Who knew? Um, we bought this, like, nanny cam thing, and now he can go to bed. He, like, goes to bed at, like, eight. And then he's fine. It's beautiful. It's on the camera. It's on the app. It monitors his breathing. Technology. Anyway, um, this epi- talking about the High Flyers stuff, there are so many important things to talk about in this episode. And there's one that's like, I've been questioning whether to like talk about it or not, but I feel like I have to because it's so intertwined with one of these storylines. But usually I feel like I'm able to find a way to make it funny, like as in, not as in purposely funny, but a way for me to sort of laugh at myself or laugh at it to make it feel better. But I don't think there's a, a way to really joke around this one. Um, so I've, I've, I will share it, but I, I've, if it if it comes, if it doesn't, if it's too depressing, I'll cut it out. Um, but we'll do it when we get there. Alicia, who should we start with? I kind of want to go straight in on Naily. Is it too? Marine will be happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> we need to give you a second, Dom. Um... It's just, I think, I, I think we need to. Yeah, that's a good place to start. I definitely think we need to go there because um, it's such a vital part of the story. But we need to, yeah. I just can't believe what happens. Yeah. I need I need to discuss it. I've I've held this in since last Wednesday. It's quite difficult holding that in for six days. <laughs> that sounds like <laughs> sounds like you've had some bad food. It's just been... <laughs> <laughs> well, what's um somewhere. Uh, talk about uh marine again she sent me through something on instagram i think today or yesterday and she's like i can't tell if this is a joke or not and it was on instagram they have these like fan accounts where people do like naily accounts and it's a whole account dedicated to naily or a Leighton account it'd be a whole or a candy as you would say account and it's all someone had done a kaylee which was a chris keller and Haley account and she oh. was like, "Is this a is this a fucking joke?" <laughs> like, <laughs> so angry. Even the thought of of a Kaylee just makes me oh, want to be sick. Well, they're a disgrace. Let's, let's, He's a disgrace. Well, let's talk about. I hate it. Chris Keller. No, I hate him. <laughs> I just hate him. He's just ruining lives. Simple. It's good with a guitar. Done. <laughs> Okay, well, where does where does who? Well, which one though, Haley or Nathan? Because do they they sort of are they they start a bit different? I can't really. Should we start with Nathan? See how it goes. 
they start separate, don't they? Nathan starts on Lucas's floor. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Alicia, tell us about it. He's on the floor. Yeah, Haley rings. Um, Lucas lies, and Nathan's there just chilling. Um, and he's just, he's hiding out, and he stayed away. He stayed away for, for, for the whole night. Which I have feet, I'm like, mm, you're married now. You don't just get to run away for the, for the night um, without any comms. Um, but at least he went to Lucas, which I quite liked. And I think it was nice to see that he felt comfortable going to Lucas and hanging there. He could have gone crazy. Um, so that, so I think in terms of that scene, I think it, that that's kind of it. And then he goes home. Yeah, and you saying that is funny thinking about it now. You'd think he would go to Tim's house. But, yeah, Lucas, a safer option. I I often think about the smell of places, and I have to think that that room smells really bad. Two teenage (laughs) boys, I don't see any sign of a window being cracked. Uh, And I thought Nathan probably smelled bad this entire episode. Most of the episode, he's wearing what he wore to the formal. He's wearing that baggy shirt. And it's no longer, you know, buttoned all the way up. So that's allowing air to seep out. And that's air that's been contained throughout that night. Sweating, drinking, beach party, arguments. There's been a lot of, um, uh, what's the word, Dom, for sweat? Perpiration. No, pers- pers- what's the word? Perspiration. There we go. All over that shirt. And it smells. <laughs> Dom, thoughts, comments? Uh, so basically Nathan stinks is that what you're this episode yeah insinuating I think he has uh, remarkable and miraculous control of his bodily fluids and actually he doesn't sweat as much as you would think and he he, you know he would be fine that room stinks because of Lucas we all know that (laughs) we all know that (laughs) well Lucas is wearing fresh clothes he took a shower I think. Yeah, but the problem is, is I was literally just about to say before you said he took a shower, is that Lucas's room will smell like wet towels. <laughs> Why? I think he he wants to be clean and he you know showers a lot, but just leaves his wet towels in his room and it's just all like musty. You know the musty towel smell. That's Lucas's room. It's, it's, it doesn't help with him being in there, doors and windows shut. And now we've added Nathan, who smells fantastic, just into the mix. Well, he was basically saying Nathan's like an air freshener in whatever else, what, <laughs> what else is just a horrible he's smelling like, room. He's basically a new car smell. Okay. Well, you said the Dan <laughs> smells good, so maybe that's gone down in the jeans, but Lucas has those jeans as well. So what you're actually saying is you add Karen in the mix, and Karen's jeans are what smell? It's a smelly, smell, it's Karen's smell and freaky hands. It's... <laughs> Alicia, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I re- uh, you know what? I reckon Nathan smells quite good. He keeps it together. Oh. There you go. Um, he's got he's got a roll on. Open the door, like, <laughs> oh, so much better these days. Maybe I should switch sons. Yeah, I could see there that. You go. I mean, I also feel like Nathan has to keep clean, otherwise, like, the nipple ring might get infected, or <laughs> if that's still there, we don't know. Oh, man. Didn't we see it in this episode? He's shirtless when he when he gets up 
from bed. Did he have a nipple? I don't. I don't know. Dom, have you have it? Have you ever had anything pierced? No. Ears pierced? No. Nothing. Nothing. Have you? Yeah. Did you have an ear pierced? Yeah, I got my both of them. No, I got my I got my ear pierced at camp. Okay. <laughs> You know that one time at band camp? It was a thing like that <laughs> when I was working in Camp America and uh, I had it done with an apple and needle. Old oh, school. God. Apple, needle. And guess what? Blood clotted. So first time, had they had to do it three times. Jabbed it through. And then just put an earring straight in, which was a hand doing like a high five. and uh, And then pretty sure it probably got a bit mixed i was like 21 maybe at this time at this point and then eventually old enough to know better well you'd think and uh and then after that we went down to mexico um and uh, it just fell off in the shower uh so and then i just never put it back in but i still can feel the scar in there so that's one and then another time i got my nose pierced yeah yeah i got my nose pierced and wow. that was probably about six years ago. So I was like, how old, 27? Yeah, about that. So that's definitely old enough to know. Um, <laughs> and I thought, well, it looks good on Tupac, so maybe it could look good on me. Um, <laughs> guess what? Well, look what happened to him. <laughs> well, well I, they, I swear they put it in the wrong part. I swear they put it in the wrong part. Because like, I wanted it on like the edge, right? And I like put it like near the middle it really hurt it was excruciating they were like it's, your eyes are gonna water it's fine and then did it i got home and i was like my wife i came through the door my wife li- my wife literally laughed in my face <laughs> <laughs> and then i went straight to the mirror and just took it out and then it just healed over and there's not even a mark there wow that's <sighs> maybe i don't know what to say to that either I had no idea you've been on such a journey with piercings. It's only two. It's still a journey. Alicia, have you got any piercings? Um, yeah, I've had both my ears pierced, but that's since I was a baby. So I've never, as far back as my memory goes, my ears have always been pierced and never anything else. Really. How do you feel about nose piercings? I mean, to each their own. The ones that get me are the ones which is through like um, the the collarbone. Oh, or someone's got one through their cheek. Oh. That drives me nuts. What's the point in that? You'd be chewing on that. Catch that when you're having dinner. Oh. Shocking. <laughs> if, if Haley comes back, if Haley gets on this bus and she comes back with piercings through her face, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> what about a tongue piercing? It's acceptable because it's hidden away. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You have whatever piercings you want, but yeah, I think Chris Keller is the sort of person to be like, yeah, get all these piercings. I'm cool. I don't have any, but you can get those. Rafferty <laughs> actually got his nipple pierced. Oh yeah, hundred percent, almost certainly. Is that a prediction? It was a That's... real nipple piercing. Yeah, definitely that kind of guy. And they wrote it in for Dan just to fiddle it at the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) 
Someone will know. Someone will know. Please hit us up. Emails, Patreon, Instagram. Let us know. Is that nipple piercing real? Well, Elisa, while we're talking about real things or not real things, do you think that Lucas's flip-flops, sandals, whatever you want to call them, do you think that is Chad Michael Murray's personal decision and that they are his flip-flops? Or do you think that is a costume choice from the the crew? Um, I reckon. I reckon it was probably costume. I reckon maybe they, maybe they were punishing him for cutting his hair. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I personally think they're Chad's. Dom thinks it's costume, so uh, you side with him on that one. So. That's a, a few people have been siding with you, I think, Dom. So uh, I think you're winning this one. But until I hear it from Chad's mouth, <laughs> Chad himself, I don't know. <laughs> if he's doing an Ace Ventura and speaking out his butt, I don't know. But I want to hear it from his mouth. <laughs> Stand up, Chad. Stop doing this. You're a man. You're a grown man. <laughs> That was just making me think of, you know, the Friends episode where Eddie is like talking to Charlie. He's like, tell me from your lips. And Charlie's like, where did you think you heard it from? <laughs> I love him. And he's in Dom's favourite movie, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. He's the one I got a cameo from. See ya, pals. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, sorry, we got sidetracked. Who would have thought on this podcast? Crazy. So, his there. Nathan's there. Where does Nate? Where do we see Nathan next? Is it that he goes back to the apartment and then he sees Haley and he gives her the ultimatum, or is there something in between that? He, he that's when he goes to see Chris first, doesn't he? I think he goes to see Chris second after yeah, the ultimatum. Oh, that's right. He says to Haley, "I don't want you to because he saw Haley see him anymore." I think he saw Haley, gave her the ultimatum, and she was like, nobody. And then he went to threaten Chris. That's right. That is right. Yeah, because actually, that was at that point I thought, well done, Haley, for kind of standing your ground. This is something you really want and want to go for. I think she has to make some caveat with um, Nathan in terms of, look, he's got a lot of connections. He's a great uh, artist musically. And I could, one, learn a lot from him and two, get a lot out of him. Um, But if you want somewhere, if you want someone to be there with me at these times, I could see if Peyton, Lucas, you know, all of these people could come along. You could come along and kind of watch me perform. Great. That'd be great. You know, and then, you know, that way, when you start to to trust that it's just about the singing and about the music, then we'll, we'll drop it from there. So there's a bit of give and take there. There's, you know, no, I'm not going to stop seeing him because, you know, musically it's the right thing for me and my career. But after that, you know, put a little side note in, a little footnote of, you know, just to make Nathan comfortable with it. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think Hayley got a bit, got her back up because Nathan was being all kind of like, I want to tell you, I'm going to tell you what to do here. Um but she also wasn't thinking about protecting her relationship. Um, mm. And so, as you say, it's it's finding that balance and making sure that, because reality is she has lied to Nathan. So she's got to almost what she, the onus is on her to rebuild that as- aspect of trust. And she didn't do that. And I can understand why she didn't do it because someone came to me and was all, 
I don't want you doing this. I'd be like, well, fuck you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she needs to protect her relationship more. I think both of you put that perfectly. I, I, I wanted to say it in my own words, but there's no point. I fully agree with what both of you said. I think that was because that I uh, know I'm just going to try and just say what you said in a different way. And there's no point of doing that. So you got it perfect. <laughs> so in my <laughs> <Thanks>. opinion, <laughs> you bastards, you've got to leave me something to say. Jesus. <laughs> no, I'm joking. It's, it's perfect. I, and if, um, I'm sure there are people out there that have differing opinions and we'd love to hear them. So put that out to us as well. Cause we'd like, we want to hear what you guys think as well. So he then, if we're sticking with Nathan, he goes over to see Chris and Dom, you had said in the previous podcast episode that you were hoping that he would give Chris Keller a smack. Um, and that's, that's what you was hoping for from this. I'm assuming. Well, <laughs> I wanted him just to give him a smack, not threaten him. There's 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 a difference. You see, if he'd turned up and gone, stop hitting on my wife, it's a bit disgusting, and you've made a comment to me that was very inappropriate about everyone in this room wanting to sleep with her and whatever, bosh, job done. No more. That's it. I don't want any more shit from you, mate. It's over. I'll be quite happy with that. He's got a little smack out of it. Everyone's happy, right? You're but so West to... Ham. You're West Ham till you die, aren't you? West Ham till I die. I'm West Ham till I die. Come on, everyone. Hey. <laughs> you should have like, cut you, slag. <laughs> oh, it's... Oh, it's... Um... Anyway, moving on. Um... <laughs> Completely throwing me now. To, to pin him up against the wall uh, by his neck and then holding his hand saying, oh, you, you know, I... I used to do this a lot to, to kids like you. Um, and he threatens his hand and says, you're really difficult playing a guitar, you know, with, with your hands like busted and stuff like that. Um, it, it, funny enough, it kind of reminded me, <laughs> there's a point in Blues Brothers where, have you seen Blues Brothers? A long time ago. But... There's, there's a bit where the Blues Brothers pretend to be a group called the Good Old Boys. And the leader of the good old boys says, it's going to be real hard eating corn of the cob when you got no fucking teeth. <laughs> it just, it reminded me of that for whatever reason. It was just, it was a bit crazy, but um, I just kind of think the threat was a bit unnecessary. Um, but I get, again, it's it was him saying, stay away from my wife. She's mine, not yours. And stop messing with her. That was the key point. Stop messing with her. Because it's like, you're doing all this stuff just to get her attention, just to get her on board, to make her feel like... She's not good enough and she needs you. And she doesn't. She's fine without you to back off. All I was going to say is just just thought the threat was a little bit kind of heavy-handed and unnecessary. If he just walked in and popped him in the mouth and walked off, it would be fine. (laughs) Well, yeah, I agree with what you were saying. I, I I quite liked it because it felt like well, he cares. Nathan cares. Like, it's coming from a point of... It wasn't from a point of vanity. Like, I think we were expecting it to be from a point of, oh, that's my... That's, you know, this is my wife, and it's because you are impacting... This is looking bad on me or whatever. It wasn't. It was like what you said. It was actually because he is manipulating Haley and he cares about Haley. I did I like the line where it's just like don't cry rock star or mess up your makeup. I quite like that just because it was a bit like 
Yeah, okay, Nathan's back. Like, it's, sometimes it's nice to see a little bit of, like, bad boy Nathan again. A little bit. In in, in these little bits, you know. Um, Alicia, what were your thoughts? <clears throat> I'm, I'm a bit with you, Simon, actually. I think he, he... Like, it's not... It wasn't great from Nathan, but it was... I think he was, like, true to his character. It's like, is he's trying to be the good old boy for a, a good while now. But he's still Dan Scott's son. Um, yeah. In this scene, I just thought, oh, yeah. Like, I can, I can see Dan doing something like this. Because even when you think about, what, would it have been season one when Dan pinned him up against the locker? And I think, I was watching that, I think, this is Nathan. This is Nathan being Dan's son. And this is true to character. And whilst he's, he's going about things in the wrong way, the difference between him and Dan is that he's doing it more so in the interest of Haley, and he's right about what he's saying to Chris. Um, so he's wrong by how he did it, but I quite liked seeing that side of him as a reminder that he's still Nathan. He hasn't like flaws and all. That's what makes him a good character. That's really good. <laughs> that's really good. Yeah, very good like that i never thought of it from that point but yeah that is it's very damn like so yeah awesome okay so where do we see should, should we do the beginning parts of Haley? because then they're going to start to intertwine a little bit i mean well we've spoken about her initial part there where else do we see Haley? she she goes to lucas's house to confront lucas about the lie oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> Mom had grasped him up. <laughs> yeah, she, she's literally along the lines of, uh, "If you're gonna lie to me, at least make sure your mum's in on it as well." Yeah. Ish. Oh, and when Lucas's excuse is kind of, "Well, I would have done the same for you," uh, so I think it's for me. It's a little bit different here. I know one of them is blood, but one of them is like had that bond and friendship for such a long time. So surely that's slightly more important at the moment. Not, I don't know how how you guys feel about that. I agree. He's known Haley for years. Like this is his childhood best friend who he's known from like what eight or something. Mm. Looking at like a ten year friendship versus a guy who was an enemy. Like they straight up didn't like each other. He was warning her off him. What two or three months earlier? Um, yeah. And now he's lying for him to to his best friend. Um, and I, I was like, I understand why he did it, but I don't think it was okay that he did it at this point, like at this point to prior, because of what was Haley going to do at this point? She's just worried. She wants to know where Nathan is. She wasn't necessarily going to march straight over there. So just, just tell her. Hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree as well. It's like he's trying to impress Nathan somehow, you know, like a little bit. Um, but yeah, for sure. And and we don't get those Lucas and Haley scenes anymore. Like if we think back to the pilot and the beginning of season one, there was a lot of them just walking on their own and like doing debriefs from drama that's happened in that episode or the previous episode. And that's kind of all gone out of the window. So it would be nice to see some of that again. The one th- I was more amazed. Sorry, go on. I would say the one thing I would say that maybe gives Lucas a bit of wiggle room is that there's probably an element of fear 
of if he doesn't do it, like damaging the bond that he's building with his brother. Whereas Haley is arguably more of a short connection. Um, so I can see it from that perspective. I still think he was wrong. Uh, what I was going to say was, um, I can't believe that Haley didn't know his middle name. <laughs> <laughs> and Karen absolutely screams it. That was, it was immense. It was a great scene. It was a great <laughs> scene. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to unpack that scene properly with uh, Karen and Lucas. But just to say on Haley, uh, just in that part the hcm stuff gets unveiled and instantly she's like nathan and lucas is like no no he's fine she's like cool i gotta go see you later okay bye <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to be here which was quite funny but also at the same time it's like you know we've just got our priorities in order it's her husband so it makes it makes sense but now now we've got to that point this is the start of the lies for me this is where the lies continue or, or like i say continue so i meant like fully start this is this is where the issues of the episode start to begin for me, and it really starts to hurt. This is this is black and my soul. <laughs> hey, which which part? What do you mean? They, they go home. They're both at home. They both see each other at home again. He's already gone and threatened Chris. She's now standing in front of him, saying, "Are you okay? I found out about the heart thing, Lucas. You know." told me blah 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 and he says he's fine he's like oh, i'm so, so worried about you have a little cuddle he doesn't say so she she says oh, i'm not gonna go see chris anymore and he's thinking he's told you i've threatened him but she doesn't bring it up and i think she would she would she would take issue with that so he now knows it was in that world of knowing that he's threatened him he thinks he's won she doesn't know nobody has to be any the you know everyone's none the wiser and that's that's a bad place to be <laughs> um, because she will eventually find out and it will make matters worse. Then there's her saying at this exact point, I'm not going to see Chris anymore, not going to do it anymore. This is far too important to me. And then the next scene, she goes to see Chris. So this is the start of all the lies. Again. <laughs> no, but yeah. she, she went to see Chris to tell him that she wasn't going to see him again, which is always a really weird thing that people do. <laughs> Why are you here? I'm here to see you. About what? So I can't see you anymore. <laughs> Put it in a text. Put it on a phone call. Put it in a letter. Who gives a shit? Just don't have to say it in person. Track that in a text. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, mate. <laughs> but when when she goes, I mean, and then it ends up with... Uh, you know, the kiss. Well, firstly, Chris is saying, I've got all of this interest from New York. I'm going to go do a showcase and this, that, and the other. Great. Good for you. You're, you're making things happen in this two horse town, like out to New York. <laughs> but, you, excellent. And, uh, and then he says, and the line that always gets me is just like, he goes like, Haley, come here. And he just pulls her in for the kiss. And now I, I watched this twice, obviously once with everyone, and I watched it this morning at like uh, seven, seven o'clock this morning on like <laughs> an early morning uh, baby run. And uh, she just, she one, she kisses him back. It is not a one-way kiss. Two, she hangs around. 
so close to his face for so long, like as if more is going to happen. And then the look in her eyes is like, it's going to happen. And then it's so long before their faces come in, you know, a decent distance apart. And everyone in the world over this last year has been focused on distance of faces. (laughs) They're on the opposite. You know, if one of them had COVID, both of them have COVID now. But, but Dom, as a first-time viewer, I mean, this was one of your great reactions in the in the live watch. But were you ever expecting this? I thought he would try something. It's it's classic kind of this sort of TV show where the the dickhead guy tries something, and even if he'd got a kiss in, it would be an immediate get off me, get off me. But no, it was a. <gasps> I'm like, he's taking my breath away. Oh, it's this is okay. It's all right. And then it's, oh, hang on a minute, back in the room. And then it becomes an issue. It's like, you planned this the whole time? But she was just, yeah, ex- exactly what you said. She had that look in her eye like, this is, this is, this was good. I liked this. I want this again. And that's a bad look to have in your face um, when you are married to Nathan Scott and kissing another man. And uh, he's not blameless at all. I mean, Chris... Chris is a horrendous piece of shit. We know that. He's an idiot and he will try anything to get his way. I even think the showcase thing is a lie. Uh, he's just lying. Just He'll say anything to to have his way with Hayley. That's the polite way of putting it. Um, that's what I feel, yeah. I just think she just what, lingered way too long. She looked longingly into his eyes. It was It was sickening. Sickening. Well, Alicia, I'm going to throw it to you, but just before I do, I just need to clarify, Dom, because I knew you was going to say a horrendous piece of shit before you said it. It's kind of becoming <laughs> one of your catchphrases. But what? Uh, but what uh, print it on a T-shirt, get it out there. But what what I wanted to uh, to ask is you you've got a piece of shit, and then you've got a horrendous piece of shit. I want to know what different the horrendous. What does that? How does that change you, things? You know. <laughs> you know. You know. You sit there laughing, looking all innocent. You know the difference. <laughs> well, you've got such an evil laugh. I don't know what you're insinuating, sir. Always uh, projecting. You're always projecting. Always. <laughs> projecting onto... Okay, Alicia, comments, thoughts... Not on the shit thing, on the on the kids. <laughs> um, I mean, I agree with everything. I was just like, so many things that she did wrong. Like, kissing is not where it even begins. Like, to even get to that point where you're in a position where he could have kissed her, like, was wrong. And then she hung about. And as you say, she lingered. Like, it's just like, Hayley, what are you doing? Um... And at least, I mean, I like that she did, she did realise and the worry that he was manipulating her. But in the same breath, it was, she seems mesmerised by him. And I can't figure, Mm. and and when I watch this back, it's weird to like think of it as, is she actually, I wonder, is she romantically interested in, in him or is it the music? And up until I think this episode, I thought, yeah, it's the music and maybe it's getting conflated. But then with the kiss and the way that she hung about, it was like, no, I I think she is actually attracted to the to ver- to the vermin that is Chris Keller. <laughs> vermin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I, I agree. I think, yeah, I think like you said, it started with the music and now it is about him. And, yeah, craziness. Well, if we move it back over to Nathan, we get... He's at the River Court at some point with the River Court guys. We can talk about that point when we get to Lucas, but he's being supportive of Lucas Lucas getting the HCM test or wanting him to get it. There's also a scene later with Lucas and Nathan in Nathan's apartment, and people took a lot of issue with this in the chat, and I think maybe they said it afterwards on the Zoom as well. I can't remember. Maybe you heard this, maybe you didn't, Don, but people were saying it's a very obvious plot device that Nathan suddenly saying to Lucas there's a girl that you like isn't there well you need to tell her how you feel and that will make you feel better and it's kind of like but this it doesn't sound like you've had any of these conversations before and this feels very random and just suddenly put there so that the audience doesn't know whether lucas is going to show up and talk to anna or show up and talk to brooke or to peyton or where he's going to go so uh but we can we get more into that with lucas i think that's kind of it for nathan have I missed any Nathan points out, or can we go over to Haley at the bus stop? It's just the admittance, isn't it? I know we'll get to that with Lucas, but it's Nathan actually is admits to to Lucas that he told Karen. Oh yeah, but we'll get we'll get we'll cover that more, I suppose, with Lucas. Yeah, oh, good call. On Nathan, I'd add that he's making he's made dinner to apologise to Haley. I think Luke comes in, he's like, "Apologies not for you, it's for Haley." So I like that at least, I mean, he's recognising he did something wrong and how he handled it. Obviously, after the fact that he got what he wanted, or at least he thinks he got what he wanted in her agreeing to not see Chris. But it also, it just makes it that much worse. The fact that he's making this meal for her or whatever, setting it up, trying to be all nice in their home while she's left off to the train station. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's blatantly making a macaroni and cheese, food of the gods. We know this from like episode five, I'm going to guess, something like that. It's her favourite. Well, we then get to the bus stop. Chris Kelly is about to get on the bus. There's no one there. He's got quite a nice Sherpa jacket on. I like the jacket. I thought I'd like that jacket. That's nice. That's the sort of thing that I would look at and think, oh, I like that. I'll try it on and I'll be like, I can't pull this off. Anyway, we, Haley arrives and she gets on the bus. Well, does she get on the bus? We don't know, but it looks like she's there. So, I mean, I don't know. Dom, is she getting on the bus or not? Well, what's happening? Uh, We had kind of said in uh, our chat between each other that if I was in this program, I would be standing on the bus. I'd let Chris Chris on, and then I would just volley her off of it. Just like boom, get off the bus! If she tried to get on it, you are not going anywhere with him. He's a random. You want to go to New York? We'll go to New York, but you're not going with him. Simple. We'll have a nice little 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 trip. Go to some whatever showcase he's pretending to go to, and then that's it. None of this none of this going with him nonsense. I've got a feeling she'll go up to the, the door of the bus. She'll get that far. Maybe even one foot on a step to to walk up. And then she'll change her mind and leave him on the bus. And he'll go, and then the, the, the bus doors will shut and drive off. And he'll kind of, he'll walk to the back window and 
put his face on it looking at it or something stupid like that you know <laughs> you do the titanic hand well yeah. if that if that's what your position is if you're in the show do you know what my position would be if i was in there i would uh also be on on the bus um but do you remember, do you remember blazing squad everyone remembers blazing squad yeah yeah of course dom sure. remember blazing squad <laughs> yeah Crossroads. I'd say, uh, I'd say, who's that? Get off the train. Avex jacket in the pouring rain. Why take that man's chain? No more trouble made. Living in the streets with the gates all laid. Everyone, no? Uh, I mean, well done for knowing some of their words. <laughs> lyrics, Dom, they're lyrics. Don't try and say words when you know that they're lyrics. It's lyrical content. Who's that? Get off the train. Avex jacket with a pour in the rain. Why take that man's chain? I don't think you can class them as lyrics from and then <laughs> for, for our American listeners they're basically the British Wu-Tang that's probably the best no. way to describe <laughs> how dare you how dare you <laughs> how dare you awful you terrible so human so being. So solid was the British Wu-Tang. <laughs> so great. solid crew. <laughs> they was, though. They did, a, they did a lot. They did a lot in the early give, days. So solid would have been bigger of... than they were if they were allowed to tour, but they weren't because of violence that happened at their shows. Is it their fault? Is it not? That's not for us to debate. But if, it, if, they, if that didn't happen, they would have been even bigger. Give us a blast of 21 seconds. You know you know the words. Which, who do you want? Harvey? Sure, Romeo? Harvey's... Harvey's the main man, right? Wanna wanna I wanna wanna know wanna wanna break wanna wanna roll hype it up roll give me no deadline give me some more time give me twenty nine come on I went into Romeo <laughs> wait in line that's exactly Classic. give me some more time give me twenty nine ah oh, so good he had the best one wanna wanna I wanna wanna know wanna wanna break wanna wanna roll hype it up Alicia, did you like So Solid Crew? I loved So Solid Crew. Right? Of course. Blazing Squad was a joke, but So Solid Crew was real. Like they were, they were, they felt reputable. Like individually, each of them, like were decent, in my opinion. Like even like Lisa Matthew, for instance. But Amazing Squad was like laughable. Of course, oh, wow, absolutely. Lisa Mafia had. Do you remember do you Lisa Mafia big... had the Lisa Mafia? Da, 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 da. <laughs> do you remember the Big Brothers? Yes. Do you remember the Big, big Brothers? Brothers? Yeah. Yeah. No. Big, uh, those big brothers. I remember. No, where was I? Was it this what, is big go? bro Bacon. going over the show or something like that? This new flow, you need. Yes, it. <laughs> I must have missed that one. I'll send that to you later. I will find a big. Remind me to find a big brothers for you, and I'll send it to you. Okay. Well, for our American listeners, this is like. I'm not going to call it British hip hop. I mean, what what would we call it? Garage and grime, I guess, like old school. It's where you'd find it now, isn't it? In a garage and some grime. <laughs> See what you did. <laughs> See what you did. It's not Stormzy, is it? 
No, times have changed. <laughs> times have adapted. Stormzy is on. very reputable. Stormzy is, you know, is proper hip hop artist. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Okay. Anyway. What, what, sorry. So, Chris Keller. What? What are you? <laughs> Chris Keller, the so solid crew. Are we done with Chris Keller now? Now he's like, he's definitely not in so solid. He's not solid in the slightest. He's not even a black-eyed pea. He wouldn't even make it with them. No, no. Not sure uh, where he fits. Tyler Hilton, <laughs> though, like, separate from Chris Keller, I quite like Tyler Hilton as a musician. He had a few songs in the background in this episode, I think. I mean, he had the one that he was singing. I'm sure there was another one that played at a different point. So I thought, oh, that's his voice. I think yeah, I think you're right. He's really good. I've got I've got quite a few of his songs on my phone. I really like his voice. I also like the character. I I didn't on my first few watches, but he he's like a fine wine. He you especially when you sort of know what's going to happen later down the line. Obviously, it changes your perception. You need him in a copper goblet. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes. To to feel how good he really is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or as Neil John would say, yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> we've gone we've gone full circle in this podcast now. <laughs> we always do. Alicia, who's next? Who we where are we going? Naley's ticked off. Are we saying Naley and Chris are ticked off now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um oh, I'm trying to think who has the like who can, if any of them can go together. What we we could do Badman Luke. And Karen in one go. Uh, it touches on Mouth then as well, but Mouth has a wider story elsewhere. So, And Deb only has one scene with Karen. That could be easily ticked off. Always up, never down. Always up, never down. <laughs> right, so, so, so where are we going then? To Lucas? Yeah. To Lucas with Karen and tick off Deb on the way. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Who's telling us about Luke? Ooh. Um, after what? After when Nathan's at his place, Brooke shows up and is all like, you want to accompany me on the walk to school? And Luke's like, of course, of course, always. Um, and then they're talking about Felix and he, she says they're done. And that she tells him about the car through the window, the brick, the brick through the car window. Um, and Luke basically says that she's he's happy he's happy she's done with Felix and that she's better than benefiting, which I didn't like. Mm. Thought, Why didn't you like it? Because you thought it was too preachy. Yeah, and it's like I mean, if you take it as she's like sixteen, seventeen, probably shouldn't be benefiting. Fair, but at the same time, it's kind of like Luke. It's really not your place to tell her who who she is or what she's better than. If she wants to do something, that's entirely within her remit and not yours to judge her. Yeah, true. Especially when it's coming from him who's benefiting over carousels and things. So, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And in hindsight of knowing how the episode ends, it also just feels very ulterior. Mo- like he's not just being a good friend. Yeah, he's sort of setting it up like you don't need 
him yeah. low lifes like him you need you know good guys like me with my shining armor sort of thing good guys that cheat on you with your best friend <laughs> yeah 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 where does lucas go from here dom we we need to just discuss he has he's got shouted at by karen hasn't he but there's that not whole this, bit not at this point he hasn't been shouted before. at it starts with him in his in his house, and Haley comes Na- in with never yeah, with Nathan, and then Nathan uh, he walks with Brooke to school. Yeah, he walks with Brooke to school, then he goes back, and that's when Haley uh, and then gets told off. Yeah. Okay, yeah. sorry, I'm, so I'm I think getting he, mixed up. I think he gets told off next. It must be afterward. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Why well, he gets seen by Mouth and Felix, doesn't he? Because Felix, yes. uh, Mouth is like you know fed up of being the nice guy i'm always the nice guy i don't get anything blah 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 and felix is like you know sometimes it's not easy being the nice guy and you've got to get over these things and you know go for what you want and blah 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 and trying to be trying to be nice and friends again with mouth and then he's like well you know people like lucas don't have this problem and whatever and then he's like well look he's you know he's not looking out for you now is he he's you know chatting up the girl that you that you really like he's like wormed his way back in one day after me and her have said, you know, this is kind of it. So it's not painting Lucas in a great light with mouth now. Mm. Whether you just did that subliminally or not uh, is perfect. Is that when you started talking about mouth, you started bobbling your head. Now, yeah. the reason I bring this up is because when we were doing the watch, I uh, made the comment that every time mouth or Lee Norris talks... He bobbles his head. He can't say a line of dialogue without his head moving. It's like his vocal cords are attached to his spinal cord. And every time he opens them, his head bobbles. And there's a scene later where Lucas is talking to Mouth at the river court. Lucas randomly has his hood up. We'll talk about that. But Dom coined the phrase that he's bringing up on his phone that Mouth and Lucas are bobble and squint. (laughs) <laughs> now I then put it out on Instagram and said, "People, we need a bobble and squint T-shirt design." Tahani is working on it, Dom. There is a T-shirt design in the works for bobble oh and squint. The adventures Excellent. of bobble and squint. <laughs> I mean, it, it became all sorts of silly names as well, then, didn't it? Because we had um, SpongeBob or Squint Pants. That was that was coming out of of that conversation and. You know, there were many more that were floating around. That was one that sticks in my mind. Uh... <laughs> well, this is the same way in that that you want royalties when we release our hit record, My Half Brother, and you want royalties for the Danny Glover part. I want royalties for the bobble part or for the bobbing because I brought up the point that his head was bobbing. You packaged it with the bobbling squint. Alicia, you think I've got a leg to stand on here in court for some for some money of these t-shirts? I've seen as your lawyers here. All right, here we go. Here we go. Um, <laughs> I think you can always swindle someone out of it. Does that mean me? He's swindling me out of it. Always swindling out of it. Who, who do you have? Who's your witness saying that you you put that out there? Like twenty people to... on Zoom. They all like me more, I reckon. <laughs> so I'll be alright. Jesus. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I brought you into this One Tree Hill world, Dom. I can take you out of it. You'll be a stain on a carousel when I'm done with you. I'll tell oh, you God. Now. 
<laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, this could be our penultimate episode anyway, based on Haley's actions in the next one. So, Yeah, true. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks for listening to these 32 episodes. <laughs> we had to end because Haley decided to to leave nathan maybe maybe not mm. uh okay so wait so where's lucas so yep that's happened at the school lucas goes home Haley walks in she is saying that you lied bits that we covered we've covered the Haley part there's suddenly a shout a scream you could say from karen in the other room lucas eugene scott firstly eugene is a middle name how do we feel about that quite a surprise oh, i thought it'd be like keith or something like that maybe keith's middle name is eugene and or what was oh it was royal i thought it might be something like that is it is it a grandparent's name i suppose you probably can't tell me i wonder if it's a or, grandparent's name somewhere down the line or, or don't know one of the two <laughs> yeah <laughs> thinking like karen was what 18 what 18 year old looks to their baby and goes i'm gonna name you a, a grandpa's name eugene yeah <laughs> <laughs> pretty well, for a newborn. alicia we do have a eugene on patreon so it is a little bit awkward i'm oh, sorry that. eugene Eugene, I'm sorry. I'm so there's no Eugene. We wouldn't let a Eugene on this Patreon. Come on. <laughs> Keep your money. Change your name. Let's go. <laughs> Just chuck Lucas in front of it. That'll do. <laughs> Eugene's a lovely name. If anyone out there, family members, whatever, I have no judgment on Eugene. Is this why you think people like you more, Don? Because I'm out here hating people called Eugene. I'm insulting <laughs> the Eugenes of the world. Just the world. Yeah, just upsetting everyone. <laughs> okay, so... And calling when they're annoyed. Because you see it in TV and books. When they're annoyed, they add in the middle name. I'm like, that's never happened. When my parents were annoyed, they would just get my name wrong and call me one of my siblings. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good point. I, I have a brother, and but I've been called his name or uh, an uncle's name or someone's name many times by an angry parent. <laughs> I I think I don't know what my parents call me. I'm usually unconscious from the belt, so <laughs> <laughs> who knows what they're saying? I'll f- <laughs> find out in a few hours, maybe when I wake up. Who knows? <laughs> oh god it's a joke my parents are very loving they never touched me okay so (laughs) what was the uh what are we talking about one tree hill lucas Lucas. (laughs) all right he's getting screamed at by karen karen yeah and it's a brilliant it's a brilliant scene uh she's saying how could you be so selfish how could you be so stupid uh, he doesn't want to know this that, and the other. And uh, she's saying, I can make you go. I can drag you there. And he's saying, well, what about basketball? I, you know, and she's like, well, it's great that you have a talent, but, you know, you got to be, can't be so immature. And then basically saying, well, you know, you have to have parental consent to play basketball. So you just lost that. Uh, what do we think? Is she right? 
Yeah, Lucas is acting like a child. Um, he is a child, but he's just so... It's it's almost... It's thoughtless. It's selfish as well in terms of thinking about what he's putting his mother through. And it's really naive where he's like, that's not how I want to live my life. Do, do you want to live? Like, just one question. Like, maybe it's worth finding out if you have it. Um, so, yeah, it just... He very much just seemed like a child and I was fully on board with Karen just giving it to him yeah especially as with the right the doctor said with the right medication he could still live a normal life like he could still have he could still play sports and do all these other things they said um like potentially you know look at Dan he's doing fine and whatever so there really is no reason to not find out because it could be that he just gets some medication and is all right. I mean, obviously, it might not be like that. But, Dom, what did you think? I thought Karen was, was right to be having a go at him. And I think Lucas is very much in the wrong from just from asking people that know he hasn't had the test to not tell Karen. Um, so I think well done to, to Nathan for, you know hanging back a bit at the house and saying, hey, you know, this is what's going on and I've had the test and I'm okay and I really think Lucas needs to have it because, you know, well done. That's the right, I think that's the right thing to do. And Karen actually saying um, what doctor in their right mind doesn't tell the mother as well. What what doctor in their right mind wouldn't? You know, why are they telling someone who's, you know, supposedly 16, 17 that, you know, they, they should have this scan and so on and so forth. You, you go to the, the Guardian and Dan has even you know signed forms and stuff that's you know that says he's the parent so surely they'll have some sort of record of that and they could go to dan and dan can then you know do whatever he needs to do i mean we know that dan knows anyway because that's the whole point of the confrontation that he has of him later on that karen is well within her rights to do what she's got to do and she's right when she says basketball's a game your life isn't a game um so you got to do the right things and it's you know everything's revoked until you stop being selfish and go and get this test um i can't help but feel that there'll be he will eventually get the test and it will be positive or whatever he will have what is it hcm yeah he'll, he'll have the the condition as well uh and will be medicated but there'll be at some point he has to overcome adversity doesn't he so it has to be affecting him in some way and he's got to get past that and he's got to play basketball with this slight disadvantage but still win it that kind of has to happen at some point so that's what i think i I had said a long time ago that this they mentioned this heart condition being hereditary and i said nathan won't have it lucas will end up having it because it'll be the only thing that dan has ever given him (laughs) um so i I still think that's going to happen okay We'll find out, my friend. <laughs> if we just let's just stay with Karen for a second, we'll come back to Lucas because Karen only has one other scene, I think, which is with Deb. Deb basically walks in. This is like later in the episode. Says, "Hey, Karen, I lied to you. Keith slept with him in front of a fire <laughs> on a rug. Time of my life. <laughs> he kept the Tims on. He kept a." clip on tie but nothing else he had a wax chest <laughs> and i'm pretty sure that i took his virginity but hey <laughs> you're missing out claw hands <laughs> <laughs> he could use your hands to shave his chest <laughs> oh, jesus i start calling 
Karen's hands, Gillette. <laughs> she got Mac Free and Mac Free Turbo. <laughs> it's clever. It's quick. You're on form tonight. What? Uh, what do you think of this confession, Alicia? I think. I think Karen doesn't get to be upset. Like, if, as a matter, as a point of principle, obviously Deb is married. It's all dodgy from her perspective, morality-wise. But, like, Karen said no to Keith. Keith's free man. Keith gets to do what he wants. The only issue here that could potentially arise is that Deb lied to her initially. That's it. Deb actually sleeping with Keith. I'm like, you know what, Karen? You missed out. What are you going to do? <laughs> that, could have been, that could have been your clip-on tie. That could have been your Tim's. But no. <laughs> yeah no i i fully agree with you i think yeah the the lie the initial lie about it that's the issue for, as far as karen's concerned dom do you agree or have a different opinion i agree yeah i don't think anything different from what you guys have said okay so that's tick off deb let's tick off karen let's get it back to lucas mouth says to lucas look i want to pay oh so lucas fixes the the windshield for for brooke um and there's a point there where like lucas is about to hug brooke it looks like he's going to do like the hug he's going to smell the hair you know the whole the hair smell thing that they do in movies and he's like i love you i love the smell of your hair um she pulls away and she's like you smell like wet towels But there you go, uh, and and a bit of new car smell. Did Lathan stay around last night? Oh yeah, of course. I saw him there. I saw him there. Yeah, new car smell. And but Anna comes and gives him a kiss on the cheek. That's the reminder that hey, you know that's that's still a thing. Brooke's house is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. That's crazy. It looks like it rivals the Fresh Prince's house. We were talking about the Fresh Prince before we started. No, no, we talked about it during recording. <laughs> but uh lucas talks to mouth the mouth at the school says look i i broke the windshield i want to pay you for it and then they're talking at the river court a bit later and lucas has his hood up for some weird reason and then takes the hood down and then they sit down lucas has some sort of like boot on if we're talking about footwear he had a boot on which makes me think that not a le boot on a, a boot on his foot and i was thinking is this this looks like a Chad thing again? So I'm thinking Chad is picking his own footwear. What 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 sixteen year olds wearing a boot with like flared jeans? Uh, one that's led by costume and a costume department. One that's actually twenty two, twenty three in real life. <laughs> that one, yeah. <laughs> and chooses his own boots. It's like I'm putting my boots and my flares on because that's what a basketball player wears when they're not. <laughs> You know, his foot must be throbbing from all the... Well, it's the off-season, but you'd think from training. So he wants to put a comfortable trainer on or a flip-flop, maybe. So maybe flip-flops. Please don't put flip-flops on. How, Alicia, how do you feel about flip-flops? Um, don't, I don't see how people wear them outdoors. Like, indoors, not even that comfy. Like, they're just kind of an annoyance. Spot on. Well done. That's that's exactly it. That is spot on the the correct answer. Well done. 
And is there another answer? Like, oh. There it is. He's got a pair. He wears them. Socks on. Socks on pulled up high. No socks. I'm not <laughs> going to put my foot on screen because I don't think that's fair. Foot! <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> That was very quick. Very, um, you've been doing yoga. Limber. Foot! <laughs> it's not my foot. It's actually... Oh. Quite nice. Jimmy nice down here. I killed nice him earlier. Killer. I'm just throwing up Jimmy's foot. <laughs> Jimmy's dead foot. Nah, um, that's That went down a bad path. Bad path. <laughs> Come back <laughs> into the light. Uh, but that, but that, that scene now will forever remind me where he's got the hood up. That's where the bobbling squint came from because they were sat on the bench, and then you were like bobbling squint, <laughs> bobble oh, and squint. It really does bobble a lot as well. His head. Really. Did you notice before I had told you? I, I saw it sometimes. His head moved, but now you've mentioned it, it's it's all I look for. It's just it's all I can see as well it's just it's always there now i can't unsee it do you see it or does it see you i don't know this is a lot of movement i mean i move a lot when i talk but not my head quite as much as that i'm telling you his vocal cords are attached to his spinal cord every time he speaks <laughs> shaking that head <laughs> lunacy <laughs> Uh, what else does Lucas do? Oh, later on, the River Court guys won't play basketball with him because they're you know they're in it together, and that's when Nathan's there, and Lucas is like, "Why? Well, okay, skills. Why don't you run with Nathan now? Then, um, you know." And they're just like, "Well, why don't you stop being a prick and we can all run together?" I'm paraphrasing. Was, but... It was such a childish moment, wasn't it? Oh, why don't? What, oh, okay, take my friend. Well, I'm going to take my ball. And you can't play anymore. You know, that's kind of how it felt. It's just like, oh, fuck off. Grow up. Go and have the fucking test. Your mum won't think you're a dick. Your friends won't think you're a dick. Your half-brother won't think you're a dick. And the rest of the fucking town won't think you're a dick. Just get on with it. And everyone watching. Agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah, nothing more to say on Lou because he's just a bit of an idiot. Um, but I do love the Rivercourt guys and the fear that Karen must have instilled in them. Like, <laughs> you see, like, junk clutching the basketball initially. <laughs> it's like, jeez, Karen must have, like, been on the warfare. One of them says she she came down here. She's like, she was it skills? It's like, she scared us, yo. <laughs> we're, we're not, we're not going to play with you because she will, she will outright kill us. <laughs> Mouth lurking in the background. I already just killed somebody earlier today. So. <laughs> Did somebody say kill? <laughs> <laughs> you know the woods outside Tree Hill. <laughs> full I of do. all the full of all the previous brooks. <laughs> oh my god! No! 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 I can't breathe. <laughs> I've actually killed it. Oh, God. Are you all right? Have some wine. There we go. It's water. It's water. I finished my wine. My my goblet's empty. Oh, God. I don't know if I can put that in the podcast. Of course you can. 100% I'm staying in. You basically just said that he's basically like a Dexter killer. 
100%. Right, so I'd put it out on Instagram. I'm, this is a full-on thing, okay? If anyone has any T-shirt designs from any references that we've made in the podcast, we'll put them on our merch store and at any all 100% of the proceeds or profits or whatever you can have them whoever's designed them or we can donate them to a charity of your choice well okay so lucas he has that conversation with nathan we've already discussed that at nathan's apartment and then he goes to to talk to who's he going to talk to we're not sure it ends up being anna basically breaks it up with anna and says you know it's just not you know his heart's not in it uh, it's just not right at the moment. He's got feelings for someone else. And then he goes to see who this other person is. And it is Brooke. But Brooke has um, just got back with or with Felix. Now, as far as I'm aware, and I had a listener confirm this to me today um, on Instagram. This is the period that Chad Michael Murray and Sophia Bush are together in real life. And I think they are married they get married well they're already married right now they get i i i look this up and i feel like i need to be forgiven for finding this amusing but they got i think they got married at the end of season two and by the beginning of season three were separated and it's not fun (laughs) because it's 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 a sad real life circumstance but it was quick it's really tickling you, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Who knew divorce was so funny? I don't... <laughs> Lawyers are, are, have got sick sense of humour, haven't they? <laughs> yeah. well, I'm just thinking, divorce lawyer rates that one in. Um... Yeah. <laughs> they they already coined in on the prenup at the beginning, and now they get it on the back end with the divorce. Oh no! Yeah, so it's it's sad. I do think it's objectively sad. Um, but I, yeah, at this point they were dating, and I don't. I think they were engaged, but they weren't married. That's it. Yeah. So um, shout out to Jenna uh, on Instagram, loyal listener. He put this in. So I, yeah, I believe the timeline is exactly what you said. That they they're like together, maybe like end of season one, something like that. Chad goes to film House of Wax between in the gap between season one and season two. That's where the shaved head comes in. He, there's video, there's actual video of like an MTV or a VH1 thing or something of him actually proposing to Sophia Bush in real life. It's like a whole thing of him setting it all up and whatever, whatever. Uh, maybe I'll try and find the video and post it on, on the Instagram if people are interested. It's definitely on YouTube. And and then there's to quote Anna rumors there's rumors <laughs> of, of things not gonna say what they are because I don't know the truth uh, and then they're they're married at the end of season two and then they're divorced by like episode six of season three or something like that mm. and then they have to work together um obviously can't say too much about that but yeah so but my but bringing it back to this point is that in real life chad is having to watch sophia bush uh making out with michael coppin felix 
which must be awkward. I know they're professionals and whatever, but still, you can't take that emotion out of it, right? Or can you? I don't know. Dom, you're an actor. Uh, okay. Um, I, I, I have you ever done an on screen? Have you ever done a kiss in like a play or anything? I don't think I have. I'm trying to think now. Not like a full mega one. Only like quick on the lips. I think that was it. You're you're in a relationship. I am long term. It's serious. It is. With. <laughs> 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 don't know why that i just all right so if um if you got a, if you got a part in a tv show let's say or or something because uh, you are actually an actor you have acted in things i've seen you act you're really good and uh it, if you had a kiss coming on what it would and like but full-on you know like how how the french would do it <laughs> yeah how would you feel comfortable doing it? And what if your girlfriend came to like watch in the audience while they were filming? Let's say, would like, would you feel comfortable? Would she understand? Like, how would you feel about it? I think she'd get it. I'd, I'd have to obviously, I'd explain it, explain the situation. This is what's happening. It's all acting. That's all it is. Just characters. Um, but what do you, know, do you know? What they're doing now in in COVID world when they have scenes like that, like on like things like. EastEnders, which we've talked about a few times before, any sort of soap opera and stuff like that, because they have to film quite quickly and in quick succession. When they're filming at the moment, if they have a scene that involves a character kissing another character, they're all socially distanced. So they're not letting the actors go near each other. And some of them are wearing masks. And then when it's their turn in the scene, they swap the masks and stuff like that. So what they do is they bring in their partner and they're, mm. they're like real life partner to like stand in the position and take the kiss so because of they, they're from the same household so it's kind of, sort of put the camera like behind them or something yeah it's a bit see. of like makeup and wig trickery i think is is what's happening um but they still haven't worked out that people are different heights so you, you notice that one all of a sudden this person's this tall and then they're like massively short again um and then they you know it just fluctuates it's very silly but it's one way of doing it i'd suggest that <laughs> it's the safest route <laughs> and then you and then you can kiss me on screen absolutely <laughs> <laughs> that's what i've ever wanted well alicia how how would you how would you feel about that obviously we don't know if you're in a relationship or not you don't need to say but i mean if what how would you feel comfortable watching like your partner having an on-screen kiss? I like it'd be weird, but it's kind of like I guess it, it's the job. So you kind of like, you just roll with it. If you're with someone, you trust them. So you're like, okay. I feel like I quite like kind of filming and editing and stuff. So I'd probably look at it from like a mechanical perspective and be like, you know what, mate, you're not doing it very well there. Can you? Let's, this is a chance now to brush up on your technique. I can give you tips. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> brush yeah, up on your technique. <laughs> and I mean, it is is all just, you know, it is, uh, it is for show, isn't it? It's not, it's not, it's not real, but yeah, there you go. So 
Is that Lucas? Can we tick him off? There's just two points with Lucas. Mouth confesses the smashing of the windscreen. And Lucas does a little high and mighty, you are a nice guy, Mouth. Uh, you, that's why people like you. You don't need to be like that. Um, uh, and he confronts Dan when he thinks Dan is the one that has told um, Karen. And Dan doesn't say, wasn't me. Dan just leaves it so vague, doesn't he? Does that call really? I'm just going to leave that out in the open and let someone else admit it. And then you'll feel like a dick when you find out it wasn't me. <laughs> it's, it's brilliant. Such perfect manipulation. I'm... What did you see when your heart stopped, Lucas? Because when mine stopped, I saw you. <laughs> oh, that, that bit was rubbish, wasn't it? I thought that was terrible. That was just so unnecessary. That bit. Yeah. Didn't like. Didn't like that bit at all. Didn't like that bit at all. No, I get what you're saying. <laughs> I just every every time I see Paul on screen now, there I'm just like, oh, Paul, friend of the show. <laughs> so. <laughs> I did like. What were you going to tell Luke though? Um... I didn't. I didn't view it as manipulative. I mean, it's hard not to view everything he does as manipulative. But <laughs> I feel like when I'm watching it, it always feels like Lucas is the one, like almost stuck point where it is genuine. And he could have, he could have kind of hammered it and been like, "Wasn't me," but he just kind of he prioritized saying, "You know what? Your mum's afraid of losing you. I'm afraid of losing you. So it doesn't really matter who said. Just get the fucking test." Just, yeah. get, just get the fucking test. <laughs> I love that phrasing. <laughs> I, I I can't help but feel that um, you're absolutely right. Everything we, we see Dan do is is fairly manipulative, um, particularly with what happens in the rest of this episode surrounding Dan. But I can't... Just every time I think he's he's out to get some sort of advantage from Lucas in some way, uh, I I can't help but feel that he wants to get Lucas on side to make Nathan jealous. That's that's all I can ever ever think of it, or or make Karen jealous, one of the two, or win Karen back, or something. You know, uh, there's something in the pipeline for this manipulation just to continue to weave and be complicated, but it kind of works in his head and is you know everything that he wants to happen will happen. Mm. I did... We'll find out. Oh, sorry. To go back a bit, I did have a question for Dom. When it was all, you know, the plot point, setting it all up, who is he going to choose, and the artificial dialogue, um, who did you think he was going to? What's what's? That's a really good question. Um, I was very annoyed with myself because the whole time I was thinking you'd pick Brooke, wouldn't you? I think he's going to pick Brooke just with the amount of time that he'd spent um, with her in the episode. I was thinking that's, that seems like a, a good choice. And um, out of the the three potential options, um, which I said the three options were Hayley, Peyton, Brooke. Uh, I think out of the three options, that the I, I eventually said that the most likely was probably Peyton. And then when he turned up at Brooke's, I was very surprised, um, but you know, also kind of annoyed because I'd thought that was the sensible choice, but I actually thought his heart would be with Peyton because that is kind of that. It's almost like a perfect soulmate match that has just been misguided down the line, and it'd almost be worth him trying again. But yeah, so I uh, when we were watching it all together, Simon actually stopped at that point and said. Where's he going? Whose door is he going to? And I said, Peyton. Uh, 
and I was bitterly disappointed. <laughs> we should have said that he does have a scene with Peyton. Uh, he goes into Peyton's room in this episode, and Peyton's like, what are you even doing here? You haven't, we haven't had a proper conversation in, like, months or however long. And he's sort of saying, well, I'm here for you. You know, I'm here if you need... And so I can can understand why you would think that also like there was set up to it that it could have it could have gone either way mm. so i don't think you were it wasn't like silly or anything it, it had you had grounds to think that yeah i think they tried to lead you down the path of thinking it's Peyton because of that interaction where she's like you're not my friend like leave me like you don't get to be the one to have this conversation and then they also do it with lucas saying that he feels like the girl is slipping away because I'm like, well, that makes sense with Payson. Mm. And it kind of doesn't follow with Brooke. And because at that point, they're actually getting closer. She's broken up with Felix. He doesn't know they're getting their back together at this point. So I think that was one of my gripes with this episode in that a lot of the, where I think more often, usually it's character, it can be character driven. It felt like there were a lot of plot devices um to gear up obviously for a mid-season finale but um that i just felt were a bit too artificial yeah agree good point well who should we go to now should we finish off mouth slash felix get them over and done with and then we've got sure the rest really (laughs) yeah tell us about it uh felix has an up and down episode in this one as well doesn't he 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 kind of there's a there's a point where he puts his heart on his sleeve but he's also got to get over the accusations of him destroying and vandalizing brooke's car so from the beginning we hear the smash that's like right at the beginning brooke comes out bricks through the window and we see felix come out of his door and she looks at him and is like you know what the hell kind of thing um and then that's when she goes to nathan um nathan's goes to lucas's to try and sort out getting the car sorted and a ride to school and or walk into school and bits like that um it's actually it's actually really clear that it was i think it was quite obvious that it was mouth that done it when brooke confronts felix with the letter uh with the invoice um because mouth is there in the background and quite brilliantly um the camera moves away and comes back to looking at brooke again and he's gone i thought that was a really good kind of almost like sleight of hand moment and and quite good sort of camera work there and a a good little device to have him in the background and make you think oh what's happening here it could be either of them to be fair um and then he's vanished it kind of reminded me of there's little bits like that in Scream, uh, you know, in the Scream, where it's like they put some of the killers in the background, which ties in perfectly for Mouth because we know that he murders people. So. <laughs> Cold-blooded. Yeah, that's it, it is kind of obvious when you look back. And, well, obvious, yes, I guess maybe because I know... So maybe it wasn't obvious. I, d- I don't know. Um, what do you make of mouth breaking the windshield this year? Okay, I, yeah, I, all, I it's it's outrageous. Um, <laughs> I think because I remember on the bonus episode, I went to a little rant about mouth, and I almost was ahead of myself because this was the reason why. Um, 
but it's just like I don't, it doesn't really matter that she doesn't because he did it he did it out of anger because she doesn't like him mm. and you can't that's you, she doesn't owe him anything she doesn't have to like him he doesn't get to be annoyed and damage her property like, and even if he had been drinking that doesn't really excuse it and it's one thing you can get annoyed at her for dismissing him and patronizing him fair can't dispute that but for this in terms of feelings and his whole i'm the nice guy no like people don't like me that sucks people should like him but they don't owe it to him and he can't he just he needs to figure that out and not feel like he's owed it and so that really bugs me with this brick thing it really really bugs me um but and i love mouth because i feel bad for him because he feels lonely and so it's kind of like I do feel bad for him, but it's just out of order. Yeah. Dom? Yeah, I completely agree. I I think it's a strange sense of uh, entitlement or right to being Brooke's boyfriend. And because he's been nice to her all this time and has has treated her the right way. And they've had some really, really good, nice moments. But don't, don't, don't get it into your head that she belongs to you you know it doesn't work that way you've you've got to work your way up to that and unfortunately she's incredibly vain uh, and vanity plays a big part and he doesn't fit the profile of her vanity that's not a bad thing that's a good thing if anything it is that he's she sees him as this nice guy that all guys should be like um but but she can't she can't downplay her own vanity so that's not his fault that's that's her problem and she needs to deal with that down the line and kind of get herself over these kind of jock type hench morons basically um and work her way to to liking the the nicer guys that are a bit more sensitive um i can't help but feel that he'll repent for this somehow and you know will there'll be tension between him and brooke for a little while but They'll they'll sort it out. There'll be some way that he'll make up for it. And I I, I can't I kind of think that you know he he might be set up with someone down the line. Might be a you know new tutor girl kind of experience. Be someone who's like bright, intelligent, and funny, kind of like Haley. Um, that he kind of also falls in love with. You know, I think I think he's the sort of person that can quickly fall out of love with Brooke and into something with someone else interesting flavor of the we month will see. <laughs> the... we will see well uh so i think we've spoken about mouth's other other parts already really the if we moved over to felix felix gives lucas the money sorry felix gives brooke the money for the windshield and then also with the money is a picture of him and his old girlfriend. And Luca Brooke says, who's the hoe? <laughs> Killed me. So inappropriate, especially when he then goes into saying that was his girlfriend for two years, that he loved and this, that and the other. And then the bit that it really made me laugh of how silly it was. Like, I think it was like badly written. It was like, I loved her. We were here together for two years. And then one day she passed me a note in class and said... I don't want to be with you anymore. Like, I was like, what? You're in this serious relationship. And then she sent you, gave you, hey, pass that to Felix. Careful. Don't don't read it. I'm breaking his heart. Pass it over to him. 
pass that to Felix. <laughs> Fel- no, not Philip. Felix. <laughs> Felix. It's not working. Felix, it's over. <laughs> okay, fuck you. See you later. Move town. There's rumours about your sister. I'm spreading them. I'm spreading the rumours. It's on the back of that paper. On the back of that paper. <laughs> the other side. Pass that bit to Philip. He'll, he's part of the rumours. Okay. Everyone. Everyone knows what they're doing now. Get your family out of this town. Go to Tree Hill. <laughs> Mug. Mug. Irons. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> I mean, don't say I don't, nothing else I don't think that. we need that's to say that. anything else on that. I think that's that's it. That's Felix in a nutshell right there. <laughs> what I didn't like is how professionally taken that picture was. Even had the blue background, didn't it? It was like, this is, you know, when you're having a school photo and it's got that horrible blue sort of background that used to have like weird colours in it and all sorts of things and you sort of sit there it was one of those it's like professionally done picture that's not that's not yeah. sort of natural is it never mind yeah <laughs> well the other part is he basically at the end wears Brooke down please let's do this <laughs> da, 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 da. come on be my girlfriend give me the doubt benefit of the please come on <laughs> I'll write you a poem, I'll read you a book, I'll do your chores, I'll fix your car, I'll wash your car. What do you want me to do? I'll do anything you want. Just please never send me a note. Never pass me any notes. PTSD of notes. <laughs> Just say okay. Just say okay. That's all you have to say. Say okay. Say okay I put my tongue in your mouth. Say okay. <laughs> she says okay and he does it. That's it. Job done. Well played, Felix. What did we think, Alicia? What did we think of <laughs> Felix and his wearing down, his sanding down of Brooke? Oh my gosh, it was just—it was all a bit much. It was even even we go back when he gave the letter or the money, and he's walking away real slow, like he's just waiting for her to call him back. And then he come, and he's even in his speeches, "Oh, I'll protect your heart with my life." Come on, um, I can't believe. I mean, he was saying everything Brooke needed to hear um, because, in my opinion, because she's so still kind of torn up over what happened with Lucas and the, the kind of logistics of that, that she wants someone who's going to prioritise and be all in on her and she has no doubt about that. Um, and he did. He just wore her down. He kept She's like crying almost at the end. It's like, geez, I don't really want to, but I guess we'll, we'll give it a go. Um, but yeah, I say it was just. I'd actually, I actually don't mind Phoenix. I think he's a good source of drama. But in this whole scene, it just felt so. It was just all a bit much. Yeah, agreed, Dom. I just think Phoenix is a bit unnecessary in general. <laughs> um, him and Anna, as a whole, they're just. I think we said this on the last episode. They're just filler until, until they get told to leave the show, basically. Until something, you know, until the next neighbour comes along that's slightly more interesting. Um, I I just don't like the the dynamic between the two of them. It's on, it's off, it's on, it's off, and it's just it's getting a little bit much now. I think we need to we need to kind of hit the 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 crescendo of this storyline and then move on. And that's it. It's it's done. 
it's over and done with. I mean, there's even the moment where I know we'll get to Peyton in a bit, but Peyton comes in and she wants her friend. She just needs a friend and Felix is there and it's immediately ruined. And it's just like, I know Brooke tries to go, right, Felix out. That's it. But it it just feels like all of her time and attention is solely focused on him and has been for the last three or four episodes. And it's just becoming a bit much now. So it's quite nice to have the away moments and the, oh, it's quite nice spending time with Lucas because, you know, we haven't, the, she said at the end of the last episode, it'd be nice to be friends again, wouldn't it? Um, and he's like, yeah, so you kind of feel like that vibe's going to come back, but then it immediately jumps back to being about Felix and it's just like, okay, I'm kind of done with Felix now. Yeah. What about you, Simon? Okay. Well, we... what, are you, what, are you, uh, what are you thinking no. about their dynamic? so far yeah I, i'm not a felix fan at all i i think anna has parts to play that are important um i'm not necessarily an anna fan either but i don't mind her felix is frustrating but i agree with alicia that it's like he is a he is a plot device in himself he's just there to mix it up to to create drama so i appreciate that so yeah fair enough. it's okay um, if we say Felix is wrapped up, Mouth is wrapped up, Brooke, is there any parts that we need to talk about with Brooke that we haven't already touched upon? I think all her stuff's with Peyton that's left. So I can make him... Okay. Should we, should we go into Peyton? That's like the mammoth, one of the mammoths of this episode. Um, and then we'll end by covering off... Brooke will the Peyton sorry will cover will finish off Brooke will touch into Rick with the small dick from Trick and we'll go and we'll cover off uh, a return of a character. Um, shall we do it? And Anna, we can probably cover off Anna with Peyton as well. Mm-hmm. Actually, we'll almost wrap everything up. Almost Just Keith, apart from maybe Dan, Dan and Keith and Jules. Jules. Oh my god! Oh my god! okay Peyton where does Peyton start um and they go to the lot and Brooke comes up and in classic Brooke fashion it's just kind of like let me tell you about my problems (laughs) (laughs) valid problems Brooke through the window there and Peyton shows the locker Rich says has dyke spray painted on it which is oh boy i was so shocked when i saw that i was really surprised very 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 surprised that 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 had made it in that 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 was a thing and even registered in my head but you know on the back of felix's comment in the last one and then anna pushing her away and going yeah don't be so gay Peyton. it just that seems to have spread like wildfire don't it's kind of got out of control hasn't it it's completely completely just feels like that was just out of nowhere as well and it 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 was a good reflection of um just bullying as as a general thing but homophobia and uh, like everyone at the school was staring at her and she comments that girls in the changing rooms don't change in front of her and it takes brooke to say something you know fairly light-hearted to try and snap her out of it but it doesn't really work um and i was i was quite surprised that this this storyline went this way 
Well, and at that point as well, where they're on the bench, Peyton and and Brooke, and like you said, Brooke's trying to like be like, oh, the old piece Sawyer would just roll with this, and you can tell this has really affected Peyton. And then it looks like Anna's going to walk over to like you know join them and to you know give some comfort, and she just sort of blanks them and walks past. Cold. Mm. That is cold. Yeah, yeah. you would have. You would have thought she'd offer like a little bit of solidarity because she's implicated in this as well. And I, I'd mentioned previously again on another episode that Anna is is the one that's going to have had this difficult past. In that I thought it might have been drugs, and then thought it might have been a, a relationship um, that had gone wrong somewhere down the line, or is a it was a person that the parents didn't like, and now it might be that the persons didn't like the fact that it may have been another girl. Mm. Yeah, I think Anna. Yeah, it's Anna's. That's a very cold moment, which is just really kind of shitty. Um, and I think he kind of she, she gives some explanation down the line, but in that scene, what I found interesting was the fact that Peyton couldn't roll with it mm. because, like, season one, Peyton, like, with all her hangups, like, no one could really see anything that was going to phase her because she just would kind of give it, she'd probably be giving it out first. Um, and I think that's kind of probably where it links in with Brooke being really focused on Felix and that Peyton has just been so lonely because even when you when you go back and, and watch, she runs out of school and she calls her dad who doesn't pick up and it's just that kind of thing of how easily things can spiral out of control from a mental health perspective. Um mm. So I, I just, I think it's, I think this is why I find it a really interesting storyline because it's, it did kind of come out of nowhere, but I think it hits on some quite telling issues, particularly for not just those in their teen years, but in any year. For, for certain, for sure. Um, so Peyton, I might be getting some of this out of order, but she's at home. Um, Anna comes in says I rang the doorbell so the doorbell does work and is there Peyton says I didn't want to answer so you rang the doorbell she didn't answer and you decided to just walk in anyway Jesus Christ no. just have some respect leave her alone lock the door it's not, it's not a free house you can't just wander in ridiculous right <laughs> but, um, Anna basically says uh that she she apologizes Peyton says it's becoming a pattern you coming into my room and apologizing and then she starts talking about the rumors again people were saying in the chat when we were watching this that that's like Anna's catchphrase she's always talking about the rumors the rumors talking about the rumors um and Peyton has her read like an excerpt from like an album cover or like the inner lining of an album I'm uh, pretty dense when it comes to music. Was this like famous music? Like, was you aware of this, Dom? I know you, you're good with music. Uh, no, I, I wasn't familiar with it at all. I, I didn't look it up as well, just in case it linked to the episode. So I uh, actually don't know. I don't know what album it was from, but it's taken from a poem which I think was written after World War Two about the Holocaust, and the lyrics are different. Um, but it talks about 
for instance, like first they came for the Jews and first they came for to people, these are the Jews and there was no one left when they come for me, when they came for me or came, came for us. And, but this was the first time I'd heard this. I'd never heard of the original quote and it was on One Tree Hill that I heard this kind of adjusted quote um, for the first time. Mm. I, it, it has always stayed with me as a kind of, and it's, it's I think it's, yeah, part one of the reasons I love this episode is because that, quote and that notion of you've got to stand up for other people um because not and not purely just because it means you'll be protected down the line but it's just the right thing to do um and i, I absolutely i love that quote um well they first look at the dealers and all that yeah i just thought it was phenomenal um a bit preachy for an episode but valid I really thought that there were moments in this episode where all the way through I thought this was going to be a more of a female empowerment kind of episode and we again it's something we mentioned in the previous episode that there's some really good female empowerment moments considering um, the history of the creation of this show and I really really thought that there'd be more of that from this episode like Brooke would be a stronger character and would be like you're not what I want you're not what I want leave me alone kind of solidarity with my friend um i Haley having her moment of saying i'm not gonna um not do, make music with chris he's brilliant at making music uh, i think we work really well together i think i can make something of my career you know using him basically as a as a you know jump starter to my career my future in music and i, I thought yes that that i actually said that when we watched the the show live with everyone brilliant great she's standing her ground she's you know make, making a statement and this is definite like no i'm not going to back down i'm not going to back down to the to what my husband almost demands of me and brooke's not going to back down to what any man is thinking and peyton's not going to back down to uh you know what the the school are thinking and, and what her teacher says to her she's going to stand up and and fight for it and i really thought it was a good a really her moment was the best out of all three of them because the, the the other two cave on their principles where she stands by it and i thought that was so important such an important message in this episode just from peyton and it came across so well i thought it was so well put together i was very very impressed by that and i love i love the fact about when she was in the school it was it was that point of like i'm 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 not gay but so what if i was like this shouldn't be a negative and it, and standing up to turner yeah, I thought it was excellent. Although I did laugh Turner saying um, oppression's not exactly a mystery to me. And I cried. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very... I thought that was, that, was a, that was a great line. I, I liked his whole demeanour. Well, just before we say that, I just to say on both of your points, my, my favourite phrase, I... I I came up with it in my head, but I'm sure it already exists. So I'm not trying to take credit for it. But... Uh, I keep saying, um, uh, reverberating that silence is compliance. So if you if you hear something, if you hear a racist comment, a homophobic comment, a sexist comment, any comment, and you are there and party to it, and you do not say anything, and it's safe to do so because that is an important part. Obviously, you got to keep your safety uh, and the safety of people around you in mind but uh and you don't say anything then you are compliant in that moment mm. you know and it so easily can happen like uh 
someone says something you know homophobic that says that's the example dom's there dom doesn't say anything it gets brought up a little bit later oh yeah says the comment again in front of i don't know someone that, that is homosexual going to take offense to it or whatever oh dom was there dom knows but because because Dom didn't say anything to that person, Dom is compliant in that moment. Mm. Dom would never obviously do that. I'm just using it as an example. <clears throat> but silence is compliance. People have to speak up, otherwise these things will never change. But it is also important to do so only when it's safe to do so. I, I definitely think Peyton uh, kind of beats that drum as well in this episode, which is incredibly important because she says, I think she says to Anna... You know, I, fair enough. I I'm not gay, or my sexual orientation isn't isn't what's important. What's what's important is that I'm saying this for the girls that feel like they can't say this, for the girls that have been victimised and and can't fight back, and the ones that are hiding. I'm saying it for them, and it would have been nice for you, meaning Anna, to join me in that, and you didn't, and that's that's what's wrong, and that's exactly what you just said. You you hit the nail on the head, mate. Well, this is so this is a difficult one, difficult one to say. So I, I have a story that ties into this. Uh, usually I'm able to find the humor to be able to laugh at it, uh, you know, from like a current tense looking back, but can't really, this, this is more of a painful one. So I, I may cut this out, I don't know. Um, so I haven't really thought about how to tell it. So I'm just going to just tell it as it comes out. Um, so when I was in in secondary school, high school, had a uh, a friend that in maybe year ten, year eleven, so that's like our last two years of high school, <clears throat> and he came out as being gay. Uh, and this is in we left school in what two thousand and three, Dom, like high school about that time. Yes, that would have been year eleven for us. Brother. Yeah. Year 11, yeah, so about 2003. So what's that? That's maybe a year or two before this was being filmed. So it's in the sort of context of of this era. And um, and this was a time where even then, like we're talking, what, eight, 18 years ago, it was, it, I mean, it's, I'm sure it's difficult for anyone coming out at any point, um, but I think it was it was probably even, even harder then. Uh, and then it's probably even harder 18 years before that and 18 years before that, you know, so on and so forth. I don't think it was massively a surprise to people like uh, and it, it was sort of well accepted, I, I think, uh, on the most part. Anyway, by the second to last day of school, the second to last day. So we go to we have study leave to go on to, to study for our GCSEs, which are basically like our finals at the end of school and famously i didn't enjoy high school but as it was getting towards the end i was getting more comfortable more comfortable more comfortable and uh dare i say almost enjoying it i had my first girlfriend uh you know in towards the end of year 11 and uh it was like this whole <laughs> this whole thing she was like almost semi-popular almost <laughs> semi not not fully but <laughs> you know but more popular than i was anyway and uh you know it was things were things were going okay and then suddenly i come into school in the morning and there's this like to quote anna rumors going around the school about me saying that i'm gay um now 
may not be a surprise to anyone here. I'm not the most masculine person in the world, he says, hosting a One Tree Hill podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I've never been particularly, you know, super like macho or anything. Um, But... But yeah, but these so these rumors went round and uh and it was pretty horrific. Like I I can recall a particular moment where we had PE and in PE there would there was like where multiple classes would come together and we had to wait outside like queuing to sort of get into the changing rooms and there was about 60 of us like 60 and the teacher went in for a second to do whatever. And I was, st- and you had to, st- you were stood in line and you couldn't go anywhere. So I was stood stationary, stuck. And a guy from my year at the front to the whole thing, just in front of them and straight into my face. And I'm going to quote it. And it's pretty, it's hor- horrible language, but uh, I'm not, this is not, not language that I would ever use, but this is what was said to me. He said, you're a fucking disgusting faggot. Um, you're this, that, and the other, continuing with all of this stuff. I I was just like frozen. Like I didn't, I couldn't speak. I didn't know what to say. Uh, it was horrific. I remember every class in that day, I was like head down on the table, uh, because it was just completely demoralized. Now, this is a point where, uh, so I was like 15 because, uh, Dom and I are summer babies, so I hadn't even turned 16 yet. And uh, that's really... And then the next day, the the thing that did happen, though, is went home that day, probably cried that evening. You know, it was horrible. Didn't tell anyone, didn't tell my parents, obviously, because it was this, you know, whole this horrible thing. And then the next day I went into school and it was like nothing had happened. Everyone had moved on onto whatever the next thing was or drama was. And then the day after that, school was finished. Uh, so it was a horrible note to finish on. Um, I mean, the thing is, you know, like Peyton, uh, I'm I'm heterosexual, um, you know, married to a, to my wife and whatever, whatever. None of that, none of that matters. None of that is important. Uh, the point is, is that. I was 15 years old like people that's the period that people do experiment with their sexuality or are not 100 percent defined on on their sexual orientation or any of those things um and so regardless of whether you know any of these things are, are true or not it doesn't matter it's like this it was in those times where it felt like if you was gay you would be punished for it or you would be humiliated for it or you would be bullied for it um and that's absolutely horrific and so i think that storyline is personal to me because i would never have been able to of just look people in the face and walk down the corridor and do all of those things so i think it's a really important message but thank god that this stuff i hope anyway isn't the case now like in schools and that people have have moved on from this kind of behavior because i mean that's how how is someone supposed to comfortably uh be themselves or you know uh come out with their sexuality if they feel like that is what's going to meet them on the other side i mean again like it's i was 
yeah i don't even know what else to say i it's hard I, like, these are the things you'd normally say and then i try and find the jokes in them but i can't find any of them in this i i one one final thing is <laughs> in typical simon fashion this was a few years ago before i'd uh thought that these i think that you should never reach out to people in the in my opinion that have like bullied you or anything like that but i didn't used to think that i used to think well i'm an adult now like i i feel like i can i can take these things so i was on i used to be on linkedin not on that anymore uh and the guy that was like horrific to me in that queue came up was on the, the linkedin so i just messaged him and just said politely and was just like hey don't know if you remember this but there was this moment and blah 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 and it pretty it was pretty traumatizing and he was really nice <clears throat> he was like he couldn't even remember that moment didn't even remember it uh and that you know he apologized and whatever whatever just said you know kids say stupid things and i was like yeah kids say stupid things it's fine i don't hold it against you but uh even then i shouldn't have even messaged him or held on to it because kids do say stupid things like we're not developed as people yet uh you know people that are doing the bullying as as well as the people receiving it it's difficult uh yeah that's all i have is that too heavy for this podcast no that's it's you know it's important it's an important message and it's I, I hate situations like that because there's there were 60 people there and you know two two of you were you, you were one of them this person was another one and 58 people did nothing that, that's the thing that bothers me the most is that he's gone and said something that's outrageous and ridiculous you know no, no matter what kind of you know language or terminology he's using or whoever he's directing at is that 58 people did nothing and that's worse you, you know that's that's what's crazy to me um and there have been moments where things like that have happened uh you know in schools or in outside i, I remember being at university and there was a, a a huge fight massive fight it was a, it was really nice weather like we've been having the last couple of days and there's this big park everyone's drinking and you know trying to have a good time and there's this massive fight and um i've talked about this before and I, i've gone to to, to go and stop it and I've been pulled away and people are pulling me away I'm like no we need to stop this we need to stop these people fighting there's literally hundreds of us here and we need to stop this and it's over stupid things and um, I mean there's, there's, there's no real response you can give as you I mean to this person you know unless you'd gone so if I am get over yourself you know but you're 15 you're uncomfortable you don't know how to respond I mean now if, if, I, if I'd been there kind of with this consciousness i probably would have come up and punched him in the throat for you and just been like yeah he's not fucking <laughs> complaining now is he you know uh, it's just it, not to say i'm a violent person but i just think it's, you know would have deserved it but it's it's very difficult and and what you were saying earlier about silence is compliance is there's 58 compliant people in that queue simple and it's it's such a damn shame and there would have been someone in there thinking actually that's 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 me he's you know that's you know i'm you know not sure about my sexuality i I don't know how i feel about boys girls whatever and i don't know how to handle the situation and they they hide and it's that's sad it's very sad that, that people have to do that because of people like the kid in front of you and that kid 
Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely, yeah. I, I mean, you said it perfectly into that being, if you're silent, you're being complicit. And I, I think that's where it's, it's often it's harder on the victim to speak up than it is for someone who is, there's almost, it's, it's this sort of crowd mentality or crowd support where if you don't say something, the person who's doing it doesn't even really know that they're wrong. Um, and they think that everyone is supporting them in it and that's just not the case. And even from the perspective of it's not always safe to speak up in that moment, but when you go and speak to the person who is the victim of it, um, and it's just that from a minimal thing of saying, look, I, I know that wasn't okay. Like, just so you know, like, you're, I don't want you to feel like this is something isolated that no one thinks this is wrong. Like, this is wrong. I'm kind of having your back here and checking on you. And to put this from a perspective of obviously those who, who, I don't know if this this may get cut out. I don't know, but um, if it does go out, like I, those who know, I'm a black woman. So when something happens in terms of the space that I kind of work in, majority of my life is predominantly white and privileged spaces. If something happens, I don't necessarily feel able to speak up in that moment because of perceptions that can come with me um, disagreeing openly and notions of being aggressive and and, and that kind of thing. Um, when the, the others who have been in the room have either spoken up or confronted it in the instant or afterwards come up to me, it was almost like a relief of, okay, I'm I'm not just blind. I, like, I, I'm not this only person who's clocking this is wrong and I have some form of support even if they're not confronting them directly because um, that can take a lot of confidence and a lot of strength that not everyone is necessarily going to have. But yeah, just, just don't, people shouldn't be silent because it just, nothing changes. You guys have yeah, really hit the nail on the head there. And the the same for the person that that is the the victim in that scenario. So in in this case, it was it was you, Simon. Um, you you were you bottled it up. You kept that to yourself, and that's incredibly difficult. So regardless of the fifty eight people in the room that know it's happened, you've gone home. You've kept it to yourself, and that will eat away at you. That makes it so difficult, and and that you didn't have an outlet, or you felt like you didn't have an outlet to kind of release that whether it's through crying and talking and whatever you've got to do you know being on your own and locking yourself away and thinking I'll just I'll cry out on my own go to school the next day and like you said in a 24-hour period it's forgotten they moved on to the next victim or you know the the next thing that's happening and school's finishing in a couple of days who cares and it's sad that that happens and you know the, the the three of us here have have absolutely no doubt have all been in that situation where we feel like we can't tell someone something or actually you know we don't want to bother our parents with it so we just keep it to ourselves and it gets a bit upsetting and they're like oh, what's wrong we got oh, nothing and it's just kind of it's it's a it's a difficult situation but one thing we we say quite quite freely and openly is is reach out if you're that person right now and you're listening to this and you think there's a problem I've got this issue just drop us a message. You know, even if it's if it's aimed at me, it will still go. It will go to Simon anyway. But he'll, he'll send it to me. You know, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Just tell us if you know. Or it doesn't mean we'll hear it. It doesn't mean we'll you know we'll say anything. But we'll reply, and we'll you know we'll say you know you're okay, and give you that virtual arm around the shoulder if that's if that's what you need, if that's what you want. And if you want me to go and punch someone in the throat, I will do that. And I will happily do that. <laughs> Always, yeah. he will. He will. Definitely well, will. that's the sad. Do you know? That's one of the sad things is if knowing you, Dom, if both firstly, both of you spoke very well on all of those points and I, I appreciate it. I mean, I also don't I'm also very aware that 
you know, it's uh, well, none of this stuff is comparable. Like no one's pain is comparable to anyone else's because our pain is our own. Um, but I also am aware that I have been incredibly lucky and privileged in many, many, many ways. Uh, and so I'm not, it's not trying to be like a old oh, woe me thing. You know, it's, it's something that happened a long time ago. I'm very much over it. And many people, many, 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 the majority of people have had things much harder than I have. So I'm not trying to, you know, complain or anything. Um, it's all relative. It's all relative yeah for sure for sure i mean and if if we if i had thought about then however many years it is now so what 15 to 33 so what's that 18 years later that would just be talking about it on a podcast firstly it'd be like what's a podcast but <laughs> also uh but also you know thinking about having a conversation i don't think i ever would have thought about that um you know, so it's I, we're living in in a better world already. Obviously, there's a, a lot further to go, but um, yeah. But Dom, you definitely would punch someone in the throat. That is the sort of person that Dom is. Not as in violent, but if there was fifty eight other people in that queue and you were one of them, even whether it was me or someone you didn't know, you are the sort of person that would say something, and you always have been uh so that's partly more of a shame that you know we went to different schools um because we went to the same primary school we went to different secondary schools and uh yeah that is sad um but it is it is what it is i have you now for podcasting (laughs) so it's fine (laughs) absolutely um so yeah if if anyone does want a message we always reply my ocd means i will always reply <laughs> so uh you know even if it's like dom said it's just to just to say hi or just you know shoot the breeze then you know we're here for it and if it's serious things we'll do our best to help and obviously we could signpost if it you know places that have been helpful to us or you know not to say we're not counselors or experts or anything but we're here to be a friend and sometimes that's all that's all people need you know so totally yeah so if if we continue then i yeah i really like the interaction she has with the principal i like how the principal principal turner uh is so calm i like how it's just like i've seen all of this before we know how this goes <laughs> and then like you said alicia i like how it's like you know oppression is not anything new to me i get it i thought that was quite a that's a that's a well-written line that it's like you wouldn't expect it almost in 2004 like uh it's a little bit like i don't know it's good it's on the nose what 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 did you make of all of this dom brilliant i mean peyton's whole speech the fact that she's asked to remove it because it's against the kind of code dress code of the school and she says, well, you haven't dealt with this on my locker. And that's been there long enough, so why can't I wear it on my shirt? You're not going to remove it from there, so why have I got to remove it from me? What a great point. That's that's fantastic. And that's that's what I absolutely loved about this episode. And she was so like, oh, I'm going through these emotions and this problem and people are looking at me and causing a problem. Actually, how do I combat this? And how do I support people that are going through this and make a statement? Actually, I'm gonna I'm going to wear it. I will wear it. And when she was spray painting, I'm thinking, what's she spray painting? I couldn't work it out. And it wasn't until she 
took her jacket off and had the white t-shirt and I thought that's what she was spray painting and then she turns around and she has the word written across her t-shirt and um it's such a good point when she's like you you're you know quick to tell me to to remove my uh shirt because of the phrasing on it but you haven't cleaned it off this locker and it, it would that would that would take no time at all you know there's a I'm sure there's a janitor around or um a caretaker or whatever they're called you know that could come and paint over it or something like that you know and it hasn't happened and him just to immediately say back kind of we've had this issue before i'm not a stranger to oppression just just follow the fucking rules you know what i mean or you're suspended yeah. and then she's just like oh you want it after you and takes a shot off. like okay you're suspended just get out just just go <laughs> oh we'll deal with this you know at a later date <laughs> i think fair enough it's is I I completely agree, and I, and I think it's a great moment. Is the red bra taking it a bit too far? Is that a Mark Schwann ism a little bit? Like I, a serious question, because I was like, is that is that a bit much? Because we have to remember she's meant to be like sixteen or something. Um, like, would it have been more appropriate if it was just like <laughs> another shirt that said <laughs> "fuck you, Bridget Turner" or something on it? It's like she knew, she knew all along. Or no, or like a, a band shirt, you know, the sort of shirts that she normally wears. Or more like a, uh, is it like a sports bra where it's like more of a, it's like longer or less revealing? I mean, Alicia, what do you think? Yeah, I think I thought about it as I watched the scene. And because ultimately she is being sexualized because she's now there in just a, in a red bra. Um, but in the same, in the same breath, it's almost kind of, it had more of an impact because it was kind of saying, look, you think this is offensive. Now I'm at, that sounds weird, but now like public nudity, well not fully public nudity, but like this is worse kind of thing. And then she storms out. So it's, it has a good impact, but as you say, I think there are other ways it could have been done. So even like a sports bra, for instance, something that isn't, isn't maybe as, as kind of yeah, making her as sexualized. Um, Cause it does, with the stuff with March one, it just clouds everything in a slightly different tint. But I think it needed to, be, it couldn't have been maybe another t-shirt or a vest because that just wouldn't have been as much of a statement. Um, and that, and also that would have shown some forethought. I like, I quite like that it was in the moment, her kind of being like, oh, you know what? Screw you. I haven't really planned this, whatever. And I'm going to get the hell out of here. Um, so yeah, it's it's in a different tint, but I don't I don't think it was. Well, I say yeah, I think a different bra would have been better, but I didn't I didn't hate it. Yeah, fair. Dom, any comments? Two, on that? two sides of the coin with the scene. Uh, to be honest, I actually think um, Brooke's line earlier on in the episode where she says, "Hey, you know, boys love lesbians," was a uh, probably a, an inappropriateness. Uh, and, a, and an unnecessary yeah. point to make an uh, unnecessary line but I actually thought her point of if you're not going to let me wear this then fine I won't wear anything fine that this is your problem now this is what you're encouraging you're you're telling me I can't wear what I want to wear and what I choose to wear and, and the wording and the phrasing that someone has spray painted on my locker that you're not quick enough to remove for whatever reason that's offensive to you is it I can't wear that on my shirt well someone's been offensive to me so why can't I, why is this a problem? And it's, oh, okay, it's that much of an issue? Fine, I'll take it off. And, you know, there's people that do that, isn't there? That will just go, fine, whatever, and then walk out. And she walks out. And I, I actually don't think, 
that that had really gone through my head the whole Mark Schwann thing and the sexualization of that point I think the statement itself of if I'm not allowed to wear it then I won't wear anything was was kind of the more important point out of that section um it was the Brookline earlier that had bothered me about this episode yeah that's a good point and yeah i agree that line felt very incredibly dated as well yeah <laughs> and would not that would not happen or fly today i thinking back on the principal turner thing like what i mean obviously it wouldn't have been as dramatic and it was written to be the way it was written so it would have that impact but you'd hope that if this was real that he would just be like okay let's just go to my office we'll talk it through and just be like look obviously these uh, the horrible things have been happening against you offensive things you're reacting i get that let's work out who's done this let's let's get you support so on and so forth but this is a much more cinematic way of getting that across i, I was really hoping it there'd be a uh hand in your badge hand in your gun you're suspended <laughs> i was that it's that kind of feel about it wasn't it he gave no shits about her at all it was literally just like oh, stop being a dick and i was like a hand in your badge hand in your gun just piss off for two weeks and we'll de- again we'll deal with you later on down the line <laughs> it's a Riggs and Murtaugh thing <laughs> yeah. it blew up another oh, building shit. <laughs> Chief's, it's a lethal Chief's weapon Chief's gonna be pissed <laughs> Chief's shitting bricks <laughs> god you know I love those lethal weapon movies so much I won't allow myself to watch anything with Mel Gibson in anymore yeah. so it's so sad. Do you reckon if there's anyone out there, of course there isn't, but in case there is, can you edit together a version of Lethal Weapon without Mel Gibson in it? I'd watch it. It might only be two minutes long, but I'd watch when, it. When I start my new job, I'm sure I can find someone that is, has that capability. Can they do like a face swap app where they put like my face over Mel Gibson's face and I become Riggs? Let's do that. Definitely. <laughs> if we're doing that then you can be Murtar. <laughs> who do you want to be alicia in lethal weapon this is where i have to say i haven't actually seen it and i and i'm aware that it's bad like i have like two older brothers who like let me know that this is awful and it's on my list but i have no idea who's you could be the- you could be jet <laughs> jet lee in the fourth one coming okay. in and kicking all our asses <laughs> Or Joe Pesci in the see the second and third one. He's in all of them. In all of them, not the first one. Nah, Joe Pesci's not in the first one. I'm sure he is. No way, bro. Okay. No way. (laughs) I've seen that first one so many times. Well, the (laughs) have you seen Die Hard? Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. I can say this, I have to leave the weapon, but die hard, absolutely, yeah. Fine, you can stay. Yeah, that's like <laughs> the, the barometer right there. Oh. If if die hard was a no, that would your screen would have just gone blank. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking up to see if Joe Pesci's in Lethal Weapon, aren't you? He's dog? in the cast list. Not for the first yeah. one. Never. Full cast and crew, 1987, yeah? Good year, just saying. He was not in the first one. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. All right, why you look for that? Gary Busey. Let's, I uh... was in it. <laughs> He's crazy. <Yeah. laughs> what? Uh, okay. What else happens to Peyton? 
is that it if we covered all of her points she goes and has the conversation with anna yeah. anna oh anna let's cover off anna anna says that there was the rumors that she had a relationship with a girl um and you know she she also questions she also says to peyton at one point she's like but it doesn't matter right because he's not in it Yay. Uh, <laughs> so so little often I can't speak so so seldomly do I win these little debates with you <laughs> so I've got to take the I wish I, I might go fill my goblet you up deserve the but the, <laughs> but the uh, Anna says to Peyton well it doesn't matter because you're not gay right <laughs> almost inquisitive to me like you because you know options <laughs> it's like she's fishing doesn't it a little bit a little bit did did you not think that, that oh because i know someone who might be <laughs> yeah it, it felt a bit it was a bit awkward i think anna's saying there were these rumors and you know how rumors can be and and uh felix has uh a moment where he says well rumors start from somewhere doesn't it in, in like a previous episode that was the trick night wasn't it uh and yeah. i can't help but feel that anna has decided that she's she prefers women or you know she might like both because she's going out with lucas i don't think lucas is just a i don't know how you describe it a beard <laughs> is andro- he's, maybe she's like lucas is androgen androgynist enough that she can you know it's like a transition <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> He's in touch with his feminine side, very in touch. Um, but I, yeah, I can't help but feel that that's a that that side of the storyline will will go further. Okay, is that tick off Peyton and Anna? Um, we have our surprise guest return right at the oh, end. Tell us, tell us, tell us, tell us about that. She goes to see Rick with the small dick at Trick or somewhere. <laughs> having a bad time. Let's go do drugs. Um, and then she goes to buy drugs. Rick, the bell end, is there selling it to her. And we just see these like feet coming. And the slow pan, slow pan up. And my, my man Jake's coming back. How did he. <laughs> How did he find her, Dom? Uh, he knows. He's got a tracker on her. That's it. He he's got he's got her scent in his nose. He just can't find her. <laughs> I actually I said a couple of episodes ago that there's or maybe on the last episode there's too much talk about Jake for him not to come back now. There's there's too much talk about him. There's there was the oh you miss him a lot you miss him a lot and there was there was almost too much. It's like he doth protest too much, you know. He's he's definitely coming back at some point, and he's he's appeared now, um, which was a great great moment to walk in on, wasn't it? And kind of like he had that just that stern, steely look about him, didn't he? Like, what's happening? I know what's happening, but why are you doing it? <laughs> it was a bit like, oh, I have no idea how he found her, but he did. Obviously, found maybe found Lucas. Maybe he knew Rick was up to something. Well, I think you said when we were watching the episode that you thought that Lucas was going to come and save Peyton. 
which is a good setup. It could have been, but then there's a reveal of Jake. What was your instant feeling? Like, were you happy to see him? Was it like a yes, a, a reemergence? <laughs> I was happy that um, he'd come back because I predicted it, but I thought it was it's a good time to bring him back as well. Um, and you kind of think, um, you know, what's going to happen with the the Jenny development? Is there going to be no development? You know, what is it? Actually, Jenny's quite happy with the family down there. They're going to look after her. I can get away for a bit. Um, I don't know. I almost, almost feel like, um, I bet Jake's been in touch with one of them. Uh, probably Lucas, because they were mates, weren't they? Um, this whole time, and and Lucas making the comment, oh. You, you really miss Jake, don't you? You know, kind of like, does he say, he asked, where is he? Or where did he go or whatever? I almost think that that's yeah. a red herring <laughs> um, and that he, he might have known all along or at least been in email contact with him um, because they were they were mates. And then he, um, Lucas has sent a message trying to be the friend that he hasn't been because, you know, Peter makes it very clear, you haven't been a friend, you know, we haven't even spoken to each other about anything lately. So I think that might have been him maybe reaching out to Jake to say, Peter needs you, like, where are you? You've you've disappeared and she's struggling. Don't know. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it, I love it, I love it. Alicia, what, how do you feel about Jake coming back? I'm happy. <laughs> I Jake is my favourite of the like of the younger group. He's my favourite of the boys. Um I nice. I think he's he's a stand up guy. I mean he's a bit crazy when it comes to, you know, taking his child and one going on the run. Um but I think he's just he's just a stand up he's a stand up guy and he's very he's just nice and I was so happy to see him having come back. I think he's more of the one of the more grounded Despite his storyline being one of the most chaotic, one of them he is one of the more grounded characters. Hmm. Um, which I think is a good when he has scenes with others. It makes everything a, it's a bit more. I was going to say real, but it just feels a bit more. He connects well with the other characters, and he's he doesn't feel like a plot device in the same way that people like Felix and Anna do. Hmm. He's he is a character in his own right. Um, so very happy to see him come back. I, yeah, love Jake. Excellent. Yeah, I, I really like Jake as well. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Does that does that wrap up Peyton? Can we go to Jules and Keith, the slab of beef, say Eek, and that be and that they're our final ones, aren't they? I mean, we've kind of we've ticked off Dan in there as well. I think we've said, oh well, we're about to tick off Dan with his final point. So, Alicia, tell us about Keith and Jules. Where does Keith begin in this episode? I think he's at the dealership, isn't he, with Dan? Yeah, he's at the dealership with Dan, and Dan is, makes him what vice president. And you know, Keith's gonna. Yeah. Tom, have you just put a heart? Up? I love Keith. <laughs> <laughs> Tom just <laughs> on the screen. <laughs> I got Um. Yeah, and Keith's just loving life. He's like, I can get more fitted suits. Um, and he's just, he's a very happy bunny. And Dan, oh, Dan. I don't know if you guys have anything else to say about that scene. But then it goes on to Jules. No. 
Well, keep well, keep keep going. I mean, well, Dom, you thought this was you'd predicted this maybe that they might he might get the job at the dealership or something and would keep him on, right? Well, uh, the with in terms of the dealership, I actually thought he'd get rid of him, but then it became a uh, Jules doesn't fit right. She doesn't see it doesn't she doesn't fit in the plot in the storyline right in terms of natural progression and and how their relationship has has gone from zero to a hundred in like seconds and you know keith is the sort of guy that goes all out doesn't he he's you know wholeheartedly involved he's he's in this now he wants this relationship and he says it he says i love you phones her leaves a message says i love you and it gets overheard by by dan um whilst dan's kind of i almost feel like he's threatening her it's quite strange but you know she's obviously i think she's going into a world of guilt now because she tries to convince him to leave um uh but yeah i predicted that she was involved with dan somehow and and dan was had orchestrated this to bring him pain and make life difficult for him so dan has literally gone to her in my head i need you to make him fall in love with you and then i need you to disappear as soon as he is i want him to feel totally broken how i felt with deb for example well dom do you have any idea how many messages i got from people being like what the fuck how does he know is he lying has he watched ahead and i had so many people had to vouch for you and be like i promise he hasn't seen ahead I was thinking, has he seen me? <laughs> Sneaky motherfucker. Has he been cheating me? But no, you you predicted that. Alicia, when you heard Don predict that on the podcast, like, episodes ago, <laughs> like, were, were you shocked? I, yeah. I, Did you predict it when you first saw it? Like, what? No idea. Like, I thought she was dodgy in that it was just moving very quickly, but I would never have guessed that she was connected. I did not guess that she was connected with Dan. And when Don predicts, I was just a bit like, fair play. I've got to give him props because I, I, I think, yeah, I think there are clues and more so in this episode because she's so desperately like, Charleston, don't let him take her independence. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was shocked. Uh, yeah. Well done, Don. Thank you very much. But, but I, I, well done, I would just Dom. like to assure and reassure everyone, I have never watched One Tree Hill. I never look ahead. I never watch ahead. I literally, all, all the opinions are my own, all the predictions are my own. I have no idea what's going on. It's true. It's true. I can vouch for him. He is not lying. Um if so, if he ever gets found out of lying, is it fair, Dom, that every single listener can come to your house and punch you in 100%. the throat? 100%. I knew that that's the only way that you'd want I, it to I, be. I was about to suggest it. You beat me to it. I, yeah, I'm really... makes sense. But they're, they're, Just they're never going to have... Open the door, there's like 500 <laughs> people lined up. Okay, let's get it going. <laughs> they're never going to have to because I, I, don't, I don't watch ahead. I don't do that. I, I've said this countless number of times. It, it would not only ruin it for, for you and our listeners, it would ruin it for me. So there's no point. It's much more fun to get to these points and be right and be like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it.
love it. It's such a good storyline. And I love it because it's like Dan's kind of been a bit like tepid for the last few episodes. Kind of just been. And now it's like, yes, Dr. Evil style Dan is here. <laughs> yes. <sighs> My favorite type. <laughs> oh, does that. Well, what's your prediction then, Dom, for the Keith Jules Dan situation? Um. I can't help but feel that she needs to disappear and Keith would be like, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Um, again, it will, it will be found out. These things come out down the line. And uh, it was Dan that said, you know, you can't, I can't remember what the line was last week. It was, the, it was my favorite line of the episode, but you can't, you can't just keep a lie in it. Yeah, everything comes out at the end. So I, it will be found out. And I actually think that Dan will be the one that reveals it. He'll be like, <laughs> You remember Jules? Yeah, that was me fucking with you. And that's going to be what happens. And it'll be like, ah! And then it'll be like, brother fight. He'll be punching his hand through windows again. Um, all sorts of chaos will ensue. And But he'll be tied He'll be tied into this contract of being the vice president. And he'll be stuck with him now. That's it. We're stuck together. I have to work with him. I have no other options. I can't go to Charlestown now. I'm locked in. That's it. <laughs> Alicia, thoughts, comments? I uh, I like it all. I just I had a weird question of who do you, when you said um punching through the window. If Dan and were Keith Dan and Keith were actually to get into a fight, who do you think would win? Morally, Keith. All day, every day. But maybe Dan? I'm not sure. Oh no, actually to be fair, Keith's got the whole blue collar thing on his side, hasn't he? Blue collared worker. Doesn't take no shit. He's probably got rough hands too. <laughs> I think I think Dan would beat blood out of Keith's mouth. <laughs> I think he would. I think he would beat the shit out of him. I think Keith would be like, yeah, I know what's up. And then you forget, Dan's out there doing press-ups like in his spare time when like he's meant to be faking. If I had to fake being like, you know, sick or recovering or whatever, it'd be pretty simple because I'd just, I'd just stay still on the sofa and watch TV and eat stuff, eat Doritos, no problem. Masterclass. <laughs> I'm not sneaking and quickly doing some press-ups when my wife's out of the room. <laughs> if anything, I'm like, hey, are there any more Doritos in the cupboard? Like this. <laughs> but Keith's in shape. You mean Dan? He, damn it, Dan's in shape. He beat blood out his mouth. I'm telling you. <laughs> you know how hard you have to beat someone the blood comes out their mouth? That's internal bleeding. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! It's body shots. Punch him in the throat. <laughs> it's all rib cage, baby. Smack, <laughs> smack. One more smack. Blood's out his mouth. Told you it would happen. <laughs> Somebody's punctured a lung. <laughs> Oh, God. So, have we have we have we covered all of the bases on this I, podcast? We've gone from everything, beating I, I, blood out of people's mouths to childhood traumas, all kinds of things. I can't help but feel we need to set up some sort of boxing event between Paul Johansson and Craig Sheffer. Now, this needs to be a thing. Wow. If it if it doesn't ever happen in the series, which I think it might, they might come to blows. It's, you know, brotherly thing to do, isn't it? Kick the crap out of each other. But I, I also think we need to get them to box each other for charity. 
would we be in enough of a position where we could petition ourselves, Dom, to be the commentators on the boxing fight? That's basically what we're doing. 100%. And you know what we could say? Okay, I reckon he's going to beat blood out of his mouth. (laughs) (laughs) And we're like, Craig Sheffer wearing Timberlands. (laughs) Looks like he's uh, waxed his chest to be more aerodynamic in this fight, Dom. (laughs) Floating around the ring in his Tims. (laughs) Yabba-dabba-doo, bitch, I think is what he said after round one. Oh, God. So, is there anything else we need to say? Alicia, anything else in this episode before we get into judgments? No, I think we've hit it all. Dom? I think we've got it all, yeah. Quite happy. So, if you want to get involved in the Patreon, bonus content, watch these episodes live with us, ravenshoops.net. Why, Dom? Because basketballs go through... Hoops. But they also go through... Nets. So ravenshoops.what, Alicia? Net. That's right, ravenshoops.net. Join the party, join the family. So, judgments. We do judgments, and then uh, before we do the rating, we're going to go through some of these questions that uh, people have sent in. So, Alicia, we'll start with you first. Who was your favourite performer of this episode? So, um, favourite performer... Sorry, I really, I had it planned and I feel like I've changed. Um, I'm torn between Nathan and Payson. Um, Payson just, I, 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 yeah, I think Nathan being angry with, in that scene with Chris, he was so, I feel like James Lassie has grown a lot as an actor and he was so stoic and so almost Dan-like that I just really loved it um, more than I thought I would. But I also thought Payton, in terms of her sad and like, depressingness like Hillary Burton nail, nails it um every time and even with the confrontation with Turner so I think I'm going to give it to Hillary but I do want to shout out Lafferty nice good choice Dom well I would like to shout out Moira Kelly for her moment of pure rage She's just like, she's in the moment there. I really enjoyed that. That was great. And it's always fun watching Lucas get told off, isn't it? Um, but my the award this week for my favourite performer goes to Hilary Burton. She she did kind of needing a friend, sad, depressed, yet kind of fight for what she believes in so well. So Hilary Burton wins it for me. What about you? Good choice. Guess what? It's a full house. I'm saying Hilary Burton as well. I think it's the go-to choice. Also, shout out to Moira Kelly was really good in that scene. James Lafferty. Everyone put in really good performances uh, on this episode. But yeah, uh, Hilary Burton for all the reasons we've already discussed. Uh, Alicia, what about your favourite character of the episode? I mean, I feel like this is the one episode where I can give it to Payton and, and not how they come back at me um uh, yeah she was awesome for all the reasons like Kiri performed it well and the character herself went through a lot and came out the other end fighting um so yeah I thought she was excellent and yeah this is where I'd also want to shout out Moira Kelly uh well Karen because you say giving Lucas a bollocking wonderful (laughs) and the fear that she put into the Rivercourt characters makes me love Karen as a character 
because she just commands so much fear and respect. But hit it, but yeah, number one. Love that, Dom. I think this may be a first, but I have picked Peyton as my favorite character for the episode. She had such an yep. important message, and she stuck to her guns. Um, like I said, the other two that were being a bit proud about things um, kind of folded towards the end of the episode, but she she stuck to her guns and her principles, and yeah, I, th- I thought she was quality in this one. Really happy with that. What about yourself? Guess what? It's another full house. I, I don't know how you could not give it to Peyton on this one uh, for all of the reasons, and then particularly, I guess, uh, identifying or relating to some of the struggles, not as bad as what she was having, didn't have obscenities written on a locker or anything. But, uh, yeah, of course, Peyton, excellent. She's really good. Uh, so Dom always gives me a hard time because up here somewhere I've got these, like, custom-made, like, uh, Pop Funko models, and I got and all of them are male characters. I, he always <laughs> gives me shit about it. But they're male characters because they're the ones that you I care identified about. with. No. <laughs> Before we were podcasting, when it was just One Tree Hill, my own world, it was the characters that, you know, that basketball related or, you know, I've got Whitey and Keith and Dan and Lucas and Nathan and Mouth and Skills. Uh, but I'm also, I can't right now because I've got no money because of the pandemic, but eventually hopefully later in the year if things go straight again then i i'm decided i'm gonna get a Peyton, a Haley, uh a brooke a deb and a karen the five i think that's it there's no one i've missed there is there yeah so they're gonna be added i just need some time and then you can get off my back dom okay <laughs> get <off> my back. <laughs> Um. Okay. Favorite line of the episode, Alicia. Um. I think I gotta give this to Karen with uh, when she says, "Grow up." The tragic hero crap only works in the movies. And you know what they don't show you after they fade out? The hero's mother putting her foot up his ass. <laughs> That's a great line. I can't believe we didn't mention that. Yeah, great line. Fantastic line. What a great choice. Dom? Uh, I actually went with silence only makes them stronger, which is a Peyton mm. line. So I've gone full house on Peyton this one. you just all over it. Uh, that's a great line, yeah. Um, I'm torn. I'm torn. Some of the joke. there's like a jokey one I want to say when, she, when Brooke says, who's the hoe? <laughs> <laughs> and then I also got a lot of laughs out of, and then one day she just passed me a note. <laughs> uh, but I can't, I can't choose it. I liked Principal Turner's line of, um, you know, oppression isn't lost on me. Uh, I thought I, I like that. But if I'm being uh, serious, then I guess it would be the the quote that Peyton read off of the album. Yeah, like the poem. I thought it was really good. And her saying you got to make, you got to stand up for something, otherwise who will? Um, so yeah favorite song did did you any we we always we always like half heart it on the songs <laughs> alicia any songs um, yeah two actually 
which are two of my favourite songs that I think I've ever, in terms of appear in One Tree Hill. Um, the first was Sideways by Citizen Cope, um, and this, which was playing in like the middle. I, I think that's when she was spray painting, and it was that kind of montage, I think. And the final one um, at the end, Jimmy Eat World, I think it was 23. And I think those are just really, I think they fit with the scenes, and I just think they're great songs, personally. Yeah, I recognise that Jimmy Eat World one. Um, yeah, nice. Dom, did you have any song selection? Uh, there was a song by Snow Patrol in there called How To Be Dead. I can't remember where it was now, but that was in there somewhere. So I'll, I'll pick that one. Uh, Jimmy Eat World 23 was uh, a close second. <laughs> I'll take the Jimmy Eat World one. There you <laughs> okay, go. We've all, we've all... Yeah, we got him. Um, okay, Favourite background performer, Alicia? I feel like there weren't that many. And so I, I'm just, I'm going to give it to, I think there was a guy who was like pointing behind Peyton when she walked in with the uh, spray painted. And like, he had that point going for quite a while. Like he was very like animated. <laughs> so I'll give him that. Excellent. Dom? Uh, this week it goes to the guy in the studio, the like engineer guy that goes, you here to see Chris? <laughs> so it's going to him for me. Yeah, that was my call as well. <laughs> I was watching him. I was like, are you going to have a second line? Yeah, don't, don't please don't say anything. Please don't say anything. <laughs> yeah, literally. It's like, please say nothing. Yeah, <laughs> I need someone at Slim Pickens. <laughs> <laughs> literally. Um, okay, so next we'll get to the rating, but before we do that, uh, so I've got uh, a couple questions and things here. So the first one to say, I want to say firstly a thank you to uh, Alyssa for her review on iTunes. Appreciate it, Alyssa. Uh, and then we've got a message from Seb. Uh, so Seb is actually going to come on the podcast uh, in a couple of weeks to talk about how One Tree Hill impacted on his singing. He's a singer. And uh, that's going to be really interesting. Uh, so he was, I think these are like late night thoughts, like listening to the podcast and then having sort of late night yeah, thoughts. And I asked if I could read it on the podcast and he said, of course. So I thought we could answer it here. So he said, hey, Simon, just listening to your most recent episode and have a few points to raise. First of all, as always, loving the content. Thank you. Uh, anything OTH is awesome. Well, okay. But also particularly our podcast. So let's keep it straight, okay? We could be talking about paint dry and you'd love it, I hope. <laughs> I'm joking. Mark Schwann writing Mouth like himself is classic, I think, for all the wrong reasons. I love Mouth, but I feel like this is very important for Mark Schwann's perception of himself. People such as Mark Schwann often perceive themselves as nice guys, because in their own head, it means they do no wrong. So when they're rejected by women, in their head, they're too nice or brother-like, rather than women just aren't attracted to them. Then when they act like Mark Schwann did around the set, they can't see what they did wrong, because in their head, they are a nice guy. In this way, it links to the recent tragic case of Sarah Ever... Am I pronouncing that right? Everad? Everad? You know, the, the, the woman the woman that, yeah, recently. Um, 
I think Sarah Everard. And not all men argument. Men who see themselves as nice guys don't realise that because of their own perceptions of themselves. They're also part of the problem. As Daniel Sloss said, if one out of ten men is a rapist and nine out of ten don't do anything, the nine might as well not be there. Again, the silence is compliance situation. Just just to say that pre- uh, that's an incredibly, incredibly important point and such a good point. And also to say that um, uh, uh, Alicia d- uh, applauded that as well. So it's, it's, it's important that, that, you know, we're out in support of that and, and these things that are being said that, you know, exactly like we've been saying, silence is compliance and, you know, one in ten might be doing these horrible things, but the other nine need to do something about it. Totally. Alicia, do you have any comment before I keep going? Um, yeah, the Mark Schwann actually relating to mouth is something that I think has actually coloured my perception of mouth after that came out, because I think before that I was a really big fan of mouth. And as I rewatched it, I saw it through different eyes. And that's honestly mouth as the whole character is that. But this particular storyline just made me think to what degree is this how Mark sees himself as a man and what he thinks men are owed. Um Mm. and yeah I, so it's incredibly sad thinking about the culture um but yeah super valid points i love the approach of when he says um if one man is doing it and nine men are doing nothing if one out of ten then there's nine men are effectively redundant and that's i think that's a huge huge statement and yeah great 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 writing i think for that guy i agree with it all yeah seb we love it well we hate it but we love the way that you've written it um do you know i think it would be such a poignant question to ask lee norris himself and just say what did mark Schwann tell you about the character like did he say it was you know a, a version of him or what sort of direction did you get um i bet no one's ever asked that question um and it would be a very uncomfortable one to ask um but maybe we take that bullet for the podcast. <laughs> like if we ever get to speak to him, maybe we just try and be like, hey, we just want to ask you, like, I mean, know, I, respectfully. I embarrass myself week in, week out. I quite happily take that bullet for you so you don't, you know, ruin any future relationship you have to have with him. Well, Dom, if anyone's <laughs> embarrassing themselves in this podcast, it is not you. <laughs> People know my nipple shape and everything. It's... Uh... <laughs> I could ask him the question and if it looks like it's not going right, I'll just lift my shirt up and go, look, it's like Chad's, isn't it? <laughs> Burgers. Just to distract him and just move just on. Pierce like James's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so he continues, says, if a predator such as Mark Schwann feels that he associates with someone so largely sweet and innocent, so talking about mouth here, an actual nice guy in a lot of people's eyes. It shows how men's perceptions need to change and we need to challenge our own behaviour as well as our friends. My favourite interview of Sophia Bush says how she learnt from her Italian mum from Brooklyn and the first time Mark Schwann grabbed her ass, she hit him fucking hard in front of six other producers. That fucking hard in front of six other producers is in like air quotes. I think that's like a direct quote from Sophia Bush. Such a fascinating interview. I can link if you'd like. Yes, please do. I can share that with people. 
the interview for me makes me really sad because it doesn't sound like a fun place to work as a woman, especially as it sounds like they all did their best to avoid things like sitting next to him and that executive producers on the show did their best to divide the cast. Like, the show has so much magic, but it's hard to escape what a terrible human being Mark Schwann was and what so many let him get away with. It's a it's a really well put out point, a great message. Really appreciate you sharing. Uh, I couldn't agree more. I know I can tell, obviously, Dom and Alicia completely agree with you as well and um yeah thank you for sharing and i think these things are just important to continue the conversation about and uh every time we see these things like like the red bra in this episode for example it's worth us questioning it sometimes it's not it's going to be wrong and sometimes you know unfortunately it might be right but i think we continue to look at it from that perspective and highlight these things and keep it in the conversation then when you know shows are being made these days hopefully this is not something where history repeats i mean any comments guys on on the the rest of the message no i think the guy's just absolutely right um i think it's also it's important to note with i think what the women have and they've discussed mentioned that mark Tron wasn't always on set and that they there were good times and there were good people and it's a shame that he soured it um, that his action soured it, um, and that if we just keep, like my perspective is always to keep appreciating the work that they did, um, and he and the show was more than just him. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I agree with you. It's so important that we keep looking at it through that lens. And I just had a look, and he actually he wrote this episode, um, which is just it makes you think think twice because it's something he directly had a hand in. Um, but yeah, I think Seb said it beautifully. Yeah. It's important to remember that, you know, these people um, are working hard to, to make a living and feel like they can't say anything about um, what's happening behind the scenes and behind the camera um, in, in fear of losing their jobs, which is a, a horrible, horrible situation that, that people still unfortunately you know are, are forced into and, and and meet every day um but you know the right steps are being taken now for people to feel safe to to stand up against it and that needs to continue for sure well on a lighter note uh we've got <laughs> katie's written in some questions so uh thank you seb really appreciate it um so katie says Love all of the little plot introductions at the end of the episode. Okay, Karen blowing up at Lucas was my favourite and well-deserved. Moira deserves best performer for that scene alone. Well, we didn't agree with you on that one, Katie, but we respect your opinion. If she'd been in more of the episode, you know, maybe. Lucas is being super overdramatic and needs to listen to his mum, but also a typical 16, 17-year-old boy. Facts. Does Dom think Haley was going to tell Chris goodbye or that she's going with him? I think she went in the hope of saying goodbye. But there's other emotions that come into play uh, at the time, frustratingly. 
So I, I, her intentions of going to say goodbye were there, but they're not entirely pure. It's not entirely, this is it, goodbye, I don't want anything more to do with you. It was, I need to go and see what I'm missing. And what, is, what does he think will happen with Jake? What do I think will happen with Jake? Yeah. Ooh, um, I'm not sure, actually. That's, that's a really good question. Um, I think Jake needs to tell Rick to back off away from and get Peyton away from this drug scene have a bit of time with Peyton and try and get her back on you know the right track we know Jake's a musician so Jake will be doing the next trick night oh um yeah other than that I'm not sure I'm not sure on the whole Jenny dynamic it all depends where Jenny is you know with Jake reappearing is Nikki gonna have a spy somewhere that says he's back and then Nikki's going to reappear and slap a court letter in his face and be like, where's my child? <laughs> and we'll find out. Uh, I like this question. On a scale of one to smug, how smug is Dom that he was right about Jules? <laughs> in fact, I'm going to answer the question. Very smug. So smug. <laughs> He's just a big mug with an S on the front. Smug. <laughs> now you deserve to be smug about that one. I'd be I'd be the smuggest if I, if I'd got that one right. So, uh, so okay. Lastly and most importantly, I've been meaning to ask this for a while. Why does Dom insist on Haley and Lucas being in love? Is it not possible that a male and female could be friends? It's often tough as a female that if you have a male friend, it is expected that at some point you must have feelings for him or vice versa. Just a thought. Well, Alicia, let's go to you first for a perspective and then let's go to Dom. What, what do you think? Can men and women be friends if they're... and it be completely platonic? I, I think so. I like Some of my best friends are guys and it's never been... it's never been romantic from either side and it's just been... I think, yeah, I think it can. I think it definitely can completely be platonic. I think more often than not, it starts off with one side maybe having a romantic inkling, and then it and then it maybe then it can peter out and it can still become platonic. But I think more often than not, one side starts off with an with an. Well, obviously that's depending on it being heterosexual men and women, Um, but in, in the case of it being a straight girl and a straight guy. I think more often than not, one person starts off with feelings, or at least the notion of a possibility, okay. even if it's not like a actual like they're really interested. Yeah. Okay. Dom, who's the question from? Katie. Katie. Okay. Um, a really good question, Katie, and um, you're absolutely right. Uh, I've, uh, I'm not focusing on it. Um, in terms of men and women can't be friends uh, from a platonic sense at all because I have one, one of my best friends in fact is um, uh, a woman called Holly and uh, I went to her wedding and I you know I love going to see her and seeing her kids and we laugh constantly and we're very 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 good friends and we have been for a long time um, and it it has never been anything other than 
a, a fantastic friendship and there's the same for me and um uh, another friend of mine called alex who i used to work with um who uh, i get on incredibly well with and we kind of soundboard things off of each other every now and then and and we're, we're very very good friends very close and that has you know never been anything other than us being mates so i know that men and women can be friends without ulterior motives and extra things because i'm a living example of that um i just think that lucas and Haley have a very special connection and a chemistry that goes beyond that and that and that's why i think it uh, also it's fun to say it <laughs> <laughs> excellent well okay so that's the questions people write this write this stuff in we love to hear you know questions for the podcast just uh, hit me up on the email on instagram on patreon but last but not least is the precious precious rating so we need to say it all together on free but firstly alicia did you have a number in mind before we started recording yeah i did and did it increase or decrease or stay the same during our conversation? It's, it's gone up. Ooh. Okay. And Dom, same questions? Um, from when we watched it last Wednesday to now, it has stayed the same. The number hasn't changed. I had a number in my head then and it stayed the same. Excellent. Okay. Then let's do it. So we'll say it after three. One, two, three, ten. Alicia, what were you thinking? How dare you? This is a ten. Let's start strong. Dom, we're on the same team. Finally. Five it. I five to where you are on my screen. Oh, you are there. Am I there on your screen? Oh, excellent. Let's do it again. And five it. Oh, kind of. No, yes. Now, yes. <laughs> Alicia, you picked a battle with the wrong people. You're looking at the Mitchell brothers right here. <laughs> Phil and Grant. I shaved my head. <laughs> First question, Alicia. If Dom and I were Phil and Grant Mitchell, who would be who? Mm. Um, Simon, you'd be Grant. Dom would be Phil. I can see that. Okay. I'm slightly older, it's fine. I get that. <laughs> You're older by two weeks. <laughs> You're more likely to be an alcoholic and work you know, like just put Ian Beagle's head down a toilet. Beat, beat people with snooker cues. <laughs> and I'm more likely to go off and do documentaries about like you know Gangs. Alsatians and gangs and things. <laughs> okay. What Alicia? What we, what what is your reason for an eight, and how are we going to get you to a ten? Um. Okay. My reason for an eight is, and I was also I love the episode. I think the message that was sent across in terms of staying with your convictions and standing up for others was excellent. But the actual episode itself, it wasn't character driven. There were clear plot devices put in to get us to this conclusion of look at like who's who's going to choose and like nathan's whole spiel about the heart nonsense annoyed the hell out of me where did that come from and like those kinds of plot devices meant the episode didn't run as smoothly as i would have liked it to and so 
I don't think it's a 10. I think there are other episodes which get me in the feels more, which still have me on the edge of my seat, that overall, as an episode, run smoother and flow better, with better writing, from my perspective. That's not to knock performances. I still love the episode. Great message, but it's not a 10 for me. Mm, Okay. Dom, why is it a 10 for you? (laughs) I was so surprised that you didn't say 10. So surprised. But, you know, uh, I completely understand where you come from on those grounds. Um, Season two so far hasn't been... Uh, hasn't hit the heavy heights of season one. That you know, you know, we've we've mentioned this on a bonus episode, on the previous episode, and a couple of others that that this season isn't as as strong and heavy hitting as the season one has been, and a lot of it is plot devices and filler to get to that next point. I think this is the build up to season three. Um, but out of all the episodes we've seen so far, this has been the best one of the series, and I think is a really good way. You said it was a uh, mid-season break really good way to end the season the whole um sticking by your principles part of it i thought was really important and it did fall away for two of them um kind of i think hayley went back on her principles but then you know she went and cheated on her husband but so so what um <laughs> but Pey- peyton's message uh and the, the the way the teacher came across as well did you say mr turner Principal Turner, Principal Turner yeah. just that's just come across is so. Uh, it's actually a really powerful message, although although it feels like nothing came of it. Actually, one person's stance on it uh, is enough to start something, uh, and I thought that was a, it was really important. Um, fair enough, there are some schwanisms, shall we say, in there that are a bit uncomfortable and shouldn't be. Um, but if we're looking beyond that, the performances in this episode were great. I wanted more Karen and that doesn't happen often. Um, you know, just all of it. It was even lacking whitey and I would still give this a 10. I don't know what else to say about it. Just, just think it's a great, great episode. Well, I, yeah, I fully agree. And you know what, um, enhanced it for me was actually watching it with everyone, um, and watching everyone's reactions and people being like, "Is this the one where Jake comes back?" No, I don't think he comes back in this one. I think it's the next one. Oh my god, Jake is going to come back! Can't wait to see what Dom thinks when Jake's come back. Like it's kind of there was all these little things, and I, I agree with what you're saying, Alicia, that there's parts in it that feel forced and purposely manipulating cutting corners to get us to certain plot points just to get to the ending but i i can see that and i still i still like it i still like it you know like sometimes like you know if you go to like a burger van or something right (laughs) and they've got like they don't have the heinz ketchup They've got like, you don't, unbranded ketchup. You don't know what ketchup it's in. You don't even know. It's like in that, you can't even see through it. Like, you know, it's like the, you know what I'm talking about, the the dispenser. Mm. And you're like, I know that that's not Heinz in there. It's not even Branston. Who knows? It's, it's something where they put so much sugar in it. It's, basi- it's, yeah? it's basically vinegar. Right. Just, <laughs> and red goo. Yeah. But you know what? Sometimes I put it on and I take that bite and I'm like, this is better than Heinz. Pleasant. I know this is cheap and wrong for me. Pleasantly surprised. 
And it's like, ah, oh, this is delicious. I know this shouldn't be. I know they've cut corners. I know they're manipulating me. But guess what? I'm having the time of my life <laughs> at this burger van. And that's what this episode felt like to me. I mean, okay. I, t- I take the point. And I, I do, I love that it's one of my favourite episodes. And it stands out to me, which I know sounds weird giving than giving it an eight. But it, it's... I think when I'm looking at other episodes that are a 10, it's it's not quite on the same level. I'd go up to a nine. I just, I don't think it's 10. So I, I base all my numbers on, on a previous episodes that we've seen. And I basing, uh, other than, you know, all the content of the episode, which I thought was brilliant and fantastic and all the performances, I'm basing it on the, let's say, the previous five episodes, which I've all thought were pretty much sevens. And we've got to this point, and this absolutely smashes them out of the out of the water. So it's got to be a ten. What, well, Alicia? Could I? Could we get you to a nine point five? Yeah, yeah. Go on. Well, the thing is, we don't do point fives, and as you know, as maths those, when you get to a point five, you just round it up. So we call it a ten. Welcome to ten. <laughs> I could see that coming as well. That's so good. I said, yeah, I knew where I was going. And it was just like, oh, I can't believe I got sucked into that. <laughs> you have to wrap. Now, in honestly, we can't, we can't bully you into it, but we that do have to agree. So. And it's your podcast, so I'll stay to my convictions, and you can still put down your ten. I don't. I don't feel comfortable with that. We've got. You got to leave this happy. We can't force you into into a fit is there no way we can get you a 10 what if dom did like a little dance or something like a 10 dance would that do it you have to give it a 10 to see the dance though only you will see it no we don't put the video out ever this is an exclusive but only if you give it a 10 i mean what is this dance well you can't see it ahead of time it's t- it's a very I've seen it once before and I can't unsee it now. <laughs> it's melted into your brain. You get to see this, isn't it? Do you want to see it? You know you do. You know what? No, I I don't think it's a ten. I don't think it's a ten. But you get to see the dance. He moved back in his chair. He's going to do a whole dance. You don't. You don't want to see the dance. Okay, you know, yeah, fine, fine. I'll, I'll see the dance. I'll give it a ten. <laughs> Excellent, Dom. I want to see the dance. There we go. Yep, okay, he's up. Give it a ten. Yeah, so it's a ten. Okay, give it a ten. There you go. That was worth it. Did that work for you? Works for me. Works for me. <laughs> hey well if you enjoyed this episode then please help us out rate review subscribe let people know tell a friend tell someone that loves one tree hill tell someone that's never seen one tree hill just tell someone please (laughs) tell the people uh we people can hit us up on social media dom at ravens podcast on instagram and if if you've got family and friends that have got iphones just take their phone search our podcast give it a five stars they don't even need to know about it it's not going to hurt them they're not downloading it they're not having to listen to it but actually you're spreading the word you're getting us out there (laughs) 
<laughs> probably better if they don't know about it. I, and that's the thrill. I, that's the excitement. I suggested that to uh, uh, Marine who had messaged me uh, about a few things. I said, just just take your family's phones and just chuck in some five star stars. And she was shocked. But you know what? Do it, people. Do it. Take your friends, take your family's phones. Get that message out, please. And if uh, <laughs> we have a Facebook page, we have a Facebook group, and we have a Twitter, the links are in the podcast description. It's run by our family, by Chloe, by Magdalena. Thank you very much, ladies, for your help with that. And I have actually just set up a Instagram page myself, which is called Simon Podcasts. Very, very straight to the point. I couldn't believe that the name was actually available, but then I thought, well... There's probably not that many, <laughs> so. Uh, but I'm putting stuff out on there that's like from all of our podcasts, like from our mighty '90s stuff, uh, Raven stuff, and then you know potentially maybe if I'm allowed to, we'll put some Star Trek things up of bits that I'm allowed to put up. But it's sort of an all-encompassing thing, and also I kind of see if people want to message us on the Ravens Instagram. That's you know questions and stuff for me and Dom. If you want to ask me something specifically. Uh, then you can hit me up on there. And Beyond Farpoint, Star Trek podcast, The Next Generation, uh, the link for that will be, uh, for the Instagram will be in the podcast description. That's a lot of fun. Me and Dom switch roles. Dom is leading me through the 23rd century, 24th century. And it's good. It's great. It's It's not out yet, but will be out soon. Isn't that right, Dom? Absolutely. Yeah, I've just got to put some last bits together we've we've recorded three episodes just gotta finish up some editing and start releasing they're very exciting it's a lot of fun alicia thank you so so much for your time and your company uh we're really i just enjoy spending time with you and your insight is awesome um you always are very articulate and just always have a, a great a great point of view thank you for sharing thank you so much for having me um you guys you guys you smash it really with the podcast i love hearing the band between you two and your views and yeah you're just in a cracking job uh we thank you we love having you on and, and thank you so much we love your support and you are brilliant you have so much um great stuff to say and and you you throw a spanner in the works every now and again which is which is great as well so thank you so much for that and uh yeah some great great points that that comes from it and join us on our live episode as well if you get if you get a chance work you know work's a, always a problem isn't it <laughs> let's just quit our jobs and does everyone quit <laughs> i would yeah okay nobody work hey. just podcast from now on <laughs> <laughs> that's the dream well last but not least we need to do our our <clears throat> ravens chant we're going to whisper it because it's late and there's you know babies in the house and people in the house and we're just going to keep it mellow but we have to choose an accent to do it in this year last time i think you chose jamaican am i right i think you did uh who (laughs) what are you picking tonight um i'll go with french oh oh C'est magnifique. <laughs> ah, la piscine. <laughs> ah, uh, la bibliothèque. 
I'm out of French words. That's all I have. That's all you need. <laughs> I did. Do you know what? I did I did French exchange in school. So I don't know if they have it in the US. I'm sure they do. But we had French exchange where you have a French student comes and stays with you for a week. And then you go and stay with the French, the French guy <laughs> for a week. And I did mine. Uh, my French uh, exchange student spoke fluent, perfect English. So guess what? I just didn't speak any French. And then we we went to cinema to see Spider Man. That's all I remember from that. <laughs> and it's just like, and he shaved his arms. I remember being like, "What's going on? We're like fourteen years old. What are you doing? Is this a French thing? I don't know. I'm not judging. I was just just jealous. I don't know." <laughs> Maybe he was a swimmer. I don't know. In the piscine. In the piscine, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, who's doing the count? Dom, you doing the count? I'll do the count. Yeah, sure. You're doing it in French. In French or in a French accent? Oh, both. Oh, gosh. Okay, you ready? Yes. Just dabbing. <laughs> I just... I st- <laughs> I sneezed, but I muted the microphone <laughs> so that you wouldn't get it. But so I get that it looked like <laughs> just a pre-chant dab. <laughs> what the fuck is a dab? Where did this even come I don't know, from? But I really enjoyed that. <laughs> right, I got hay fever. <laughs> okay, you ready? It's La Pollone in my fucking face. <laughs> swollen eyes it's like I went like five rounds with Dan Scott in a boxing <laughs> ring nobody makes me bleed my own blood <laughs> if he dies he dies <laughs> oh right ready oui uh, le ravens on three <laughs> une deux trois ravens le ravens <laughs> <laughs>